Denny, I think we're ready. Go ahead and uh, check your mic real quick. Uh, mic check. One, two. Intro's coming for you. What? What? Nothing. Okay. Uh, mic check. Three, four. What's your Critiker score? Five, six. Seamless edits. Seven, eight. We're recording so late. Nine, ten. We're doing horror again. Hey! hey. If we got you, we got you. And if we didn't, we're funny. Start up the podcast, bitch. Holy shit. That got me. (laughs) God. Jesus, man. You thought it was a podcast, but it's a dream. (laughs) Have you you ever had a Freddy Krueger dream? Uh, No, I don't think so. I had one when I was in middle school. Um, I think it was after I watched a Freddy Krueger movie. (laughs) that makes sense in the dream i was laying in my bed in my room which like whoever dreams about that right oh that sucks (laughs) and then freddie was just standing next to my bed and he had this woman and he just bent her over not sexually like grabbed like you know like a dance move like a dip so basically his hands behind her head he's revealing her face to me then he just made two giant cloves of broccoli come out of her eyes and just started started tickling them with his claws and going was she reacting or was it just like i think she was dead i was also a really picky eater so that would have been a very on on theme way for freddie to scare me hey i get it man i still hate broccoli so i like broccoli just fine it's gross um yeah yeah, welcome back to Welcome back to Movies for Win, everybody. <sighs> this is the uh, this is the podcast. This is the one, man. I do think it's the one. Uh, this particular episode, um, a lot of hype around. Part it. one, <laughs> yeah. We got we got the most votes we've ever gotten in a poll ever. Um, Ninety two, if you count Davis's vote on the Facebook comments. I uh, do. Enemy of the show, Davis Kalk. Uh, we have an arrangement where he doesn't have to click the straw poll, and he will, and he will have his vote tallied anyway. That's going to be um, the most confusing tiebreaker ever. Later, definitely not today, because holy shit, guys, you turned out. Dude, this poll was a wild ride. Like, I, I had I posted a picture on Denny's and um, Facebook page, and we'll post the picture again later. But I had my Ducks tank top and Mighty Ducks jersey, Conway jersey, ready to go because D two was in the lead, handedly. Yeah, handedly, and Ninja Turtles two was trailing it, and I I would have been happy with either just by um, a couple. Yeah, I, I was rooting for, for Ninja Turtles 2 
and D2, honestly, just because I don't know when else we're going to do them. You know, like, yeah. so I was, I kind of wanted them to win. And then Thor is like, Thor Ragnarok is like a distant third. And then on the last day of the poll, not Here only does 70 people, <laughs> 70 fucking people jumped on, like, to the point that I was like, is there some very motivated Thor Ragnarok fan that rigged our poll with a bot? Like, I was watching it to see if it was, like, increasing in, in predictable intervals or anything like that. Um, it was... Uh, I'm, I'm really pumped. I, I mentioned that I was rooting for D2 or Ninja Turtles 2, but, like, it's not like I don't like Ragnarok. I was just like, there's a million episodes we could fit Ragnarok into. Um, when the fuck else are we going to do those two movies? You know, <laughs> like, that, it just as, like, a, a thing. But I, I think I know... I think I know why Ragnarok kicked kicked so much ass. One, because it's a kick-ass movie. But there was wording in my poll that I intended to be a joke. Just because I every poll I write, when it asks me the poll title and the instructions, I just write bullshit because... Mm -hmm. Who's reading that? Right? Like, um, And so I wrote, like, which sequel is most better than its original? Um, and a friend of the show, Troy Stewart, commented that like Ragnarok wins by the widest margin. Which is 100% true. Oh, yeah. And so I think people might have actually read the title and been like... Because I would say like... It's the highest margin of improvement. Exactly. Which yeah. I, I do think D2 and Secret of the Ooze... Well, actually, I haven't seen D2, so I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, Secret of the Ooze is better than the original, but not by like a fuck ton. But like, if you look at like Thor 1 versus fucking Ragnarok... <laughs> like huge massive improvement yeah. so I, I think that might have informed the vote but regardless i'm i was hyped that so many people turned out and turned up for ragnarok man that's really yeah, cool yeah. more more on ragnarok later um uh, i will say though if you think this that we're not going to do a sequel to our sequel episode you're a damn fool oh we uh, sequel hard yeah. here on movies for when that's it great. ain't called show friends it ain't called show integrity it ain't called show originality. It's called show business. That's <laughs> we right. We are going to make that sweet, sweet... Uh, well, we don't make any money from this, so... I was about to say, business, huh? Okay, we acknowledge that eventually... Show, we will media. We will run out of ideas for original episodes. <laughs> so we got to have a few sequels in the back pocket. That should be apparent. But yeah, this is the... Uh... I don't think we've said it yet. This is the episode for when the sequel is better than the original. Our movies today are going to be Denny's Pick, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and my pick was The Rescuers Down Under, and the audience pick by a well-explained margin that we just went through was Thor Ragnarok. Good job, everybody. Good job. We have did it. All right, um, before we get into Nightmare on Elm Street 3, colon, Dream Warriors, Denny, were you watching anything else? Uh, we kind of had a short window of yeah. <laughs> um, tough I, time here. I've been really stressed out, uh, both for, honestly, just professional reasons. I'm going through some career changes and haven't had hardly any free time. Um, and I made a movie this weekend, which was cool um and that took all my free time so my i literally just have watched these three movies um mm -hmm. whatever i put on as i was falling asleep which is usually rick and morty or king of the hill or something like that 
Um, I watched a little bit of an older show that didn't get a lot of hype, but is really funny. Um, Zach Stone is going to be famous. I'm a really big fan of it. Um, and I've been watching fragments of the two Game Changer wrestling shows I ordered over the weekend on Fight TV. Mm -hmm. um, I've been watching them in like 30-minute intervals. They're each three hours long, and that's how busy I've been. That every time I have a spare moment, I'm like, all right, 15 more minutes before I need to like get in the shower before work or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how busy I've been lately. What about you, Greg? What have you been watching? Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> I've also been very busy. I have been watching a lot of hockey and the only other thing i've been watching has been youtube videos explaining i'm thinking of ending things so <laughs> i did the same i did the same the first time i saw it a special love to a channel that i do already like and i was waiting to watch this video of his it's a guy named thomas flight he does a lot of like video essays about movies and TV shows that I like. And he did one about I'm thinking of ending things and he one of his main focuses is film editing. So he did a really really good breakdown of like how using intentionally bad editing to further the narrative is actually like a really really great thing and I'm thinking yeah, of ending cool. things. It was really interesting. Do you, do you like Smart the guy. movie more now? Because you said that you like kind of sensed that it was good, but it wasn't really your thing, and you thought maybe on on a rewatch you might improve your sentiments for it. I'm definitely more open to when I do watch it again. I'm not going to change my rating uh, based on you know YouTube videos or anything, but mm -hmm. I am definitely more open to watching it again. And when I do, I'm going to see the things that I've learned from uh, smart people on YouTube. So. I'll raise my score then. Cool. It will happen though. We'll see. Cool. <clears throat> do you want to get a uh, get cracking on Dream Warriors, or do you have more recently watched? To no, discuss? that's that's been it. We we started Free Guy on HBO Max and Ooh, we didn't finish it yet. Vanessa and I really want to see that. It's fine. Good good bit of fun. Sometimes you got to make a fun movie, and Ryan Reynolds is the guy to do it with. You know. That's right. He's like one wonder, of the only one of the only fun actors left. I wonder if he's gonna wink at the camera in this movie. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> That's like his gimmick now after Deadpool, right? Is being yep. self aware. That's what yep. people want from him now and good for him. Good for I'll do Ryan the I'll do the movie if I can look at the camera at some point. <laughs> say Greg, bleep <clears throat> that out. We're not sponsoring that. All right, uh, yeah, Nightmare on M Street 3. Let's please get into it. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I'll summarize this shit for once in my life. Please do. Yeah. Um, so Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, the third installment in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, Wes Craven viewed it as a one-and-done movie. He didn't want to do more. He didn't think it made sense to do more. So they made Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, without him. Then he was like, holy shit, I didn't know you guys were going to fuck it up that bad. I'll come back for three. Jesus. Um, which, all that goes to say, there is a pretty cool subversive LGBT text in Nightmare on Elm Street 2 that I think deserves some attention, and I want to promote it here. YouTube it, people. There's some cool stuff going on in that movie, but, um, you know, a cool subtext does not a good movie make. <laughs> that movie is not very good, but I do think it's pretty punk rock and i respect it for that 
Um, Dream Warriors, we have Shocker. Troubled teenagers who don't like to sleep because they see a big scary man who likes to kill them. Um, eventually, our main character, let's call her Blonde. Did she have a name? None of these characters have memorable names to me other than Um I don't remember the character's name except Oscar winner Patricia Arquette as Blonde. <laughs> Hold on, I'll look it and up. And then our original characters from the, uh, the original movie. <clears throat> and yeah. that, that was basically it. So we've got, uh, let's see. Yeah, Patricia Arquette is Kristen Parker. What a memorable Kristen, name. Kristen, that's what it was. Kristen I've never Parker. met a Kristen that I liked. Ah, uh, she doesn't listen. Don't worry about it. Ah, oh, damn. Okay, There's no way Kristen listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> Not Shoot. even Colby listens to this. You think Kristen's going to give us the time of day? That's right. <laughs> um, so. I wouldn't respect her if she did. <laughs> Kristen, if you're listening, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. Get back to your drag queens. Get back to work. <laughs> Kristen, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, she actually always asks me about how this is going. I don't think she listens, but she does think that it's cool that we're doing it, which I appreciate. Oh, she um, cares. Yeah, she does care. Um, anyways, um, Patricia Arqu- Arquette as Kristen Parker. Um, not to be confused with friend of the show, Kristen Shelton. Um, possible listener, unconfirmed. Um, she has some issues. She finally goes to sleep, like her mom says, because um, you just can't listen to punk rock and drink Diet Coke forever because your mom needs to get laid at a certain point. Um, so you got to go to bed. Get your memes. Um, then Freddie makes her attempt to kill herself. Her mom sends her to inpatient psychiatric care, where it turns out there's lots of kids that are getting terrorized by Frederick Krueger himself, and nobody <laughs> believes them. Um, thankfully, Heather Langenkamp is there, our protagonist from the first movie, Nancy Thompson, and basically she shows up when Wes Craven shows up, so I think these two respect each other and like working together and <laughs> aren't interested in doing this franchise if the other one's not involved. It's kind of the... I think Craven kind of wanted her to be Laurie Strode, and, well, this doesn't have that kind of consistency. Um, <laughs> but um, she's, a, she's a, a psychiatrist, let's say. Do they call her doctor in this? I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe. She's a psychiatrist or a staff or a therapist or something like that at, uh, at whatever uh, mental institution these, these kids are at. And she's the one person who believes them and kind of wants them to try this experimental drug that blocks out your dreams called Hypnosil, which is part of Freddy vs. Jason. And, and not else. a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Hypnosil. Oh. <laughs> hypno, hypno. Um, and basically the same thing that happens in Every Nightmare on Elm Street happens. A bunch of teenagers have a bunch of scary dreams um and eventually they fight freddy and they win or did they every single movie exactly the same and this is the best version of it in my opinion that's Um, right it is that's the main difference between this and some other installments in a nightmare on elm street it's really fucking fun the whole time even when some of the dialogue is stupid um and even when they are taking themselves a little too seriously um, this is just the nightmare formula in a different location. They're in a psych hospital. That's literally the only thing different about it. Um, and that it's very good. 
So, yeah, the quality is the uh, main <laughs> differentiator here. Yep. Fun and good. Nightmare on Elm Street Three. Hell yeah. Uh, you what? can watch this movie if you just get on the computer and Google the film title, and there's a link that says "Watch it on Tubi." Which is uh, something I don't think anybody has, and you could just I, watch it there. I saw that, and I didn't want to watch it with ads, so I just rented it on Amazon. If only there was an ad blocker. Ah, well, they don't ah. put that on. They don't put that on Roku's. So, well, that's fair. I like. The I screen. almost watched it on my iPad, and I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm just gonna watch this on a bigger screen. Watch it on the computer, and <laughs> glad I did." Yeah. Um, Greg, what is your relationship with A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors? Never seen it. Uh, I did see the first one a while back, mm -hmm. and I never watched the second one, because apparently it's not very good. And yeah, I, I knew that you had, you had mentioned this one as one of the better ones at some point. So I kind of had it a little bit built up in my head, and watched it for the first time a couple days ago. And it was a good time. It lived nice. up to the hype. Nice. Um, believe it or not, I've only seen it once before. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, I watched it with uh, Enemy of the Show and only person who is allowed to comment on Facebook for his poll votes, Davis Kauk. Um, every October, uh, we watch a horror franchise. And I think friend of the show, Bruce Minton, joined us for this one. But anyway, I want to say probably 2018 we did Nightmare on Elm Street and we watched them all and half of them sucked really bad and half of them were kind of fun. And that's, that's a horror franchise yep. from the 80s for you. Yep, and they all blended together, um, but this one really stuck out to me as something special. Easily the best one, and I don't think I've watched it since then. I'm kind of surprised. I guess that's four years ago now? That doesn't seem right. Yeah, that's... Shocking think, coming from you. I think Nightmare was uh, was 2018 is when we did it. Uh, the absolute latest would be 2019. I think it was... Oh, wait. I don't know. I don't know when it was. Either way, um, believe it or not, Nightmare has never really been my main Squeeze franchise. Uh, I, was a, I was a Freddy Krueger... Or, sorry, excuse me. A Jason Voorhees guy, and I still am. Um, I respect the work of Freddy Krueger... Yeah. Um, but so uh, you I, had rooting interest in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Oh, dude. I get it. Jason all the way, brother. Jason's there my guy. Um, Jason versus Predator. Yeah. For some reason, Nightmare doesn't like. I, I I really enjoy the franchise, and sometimes I'll like really crave it. I'll be like, ooh, I need to see a Freddy Krueger movie right now. Um, I just I just need it, but it's just never struck the the sentimental chord with me that something like. Friday the 13th or Halloween did, you know? I don't really right. know why. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's 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 talk about the movie, I suppose, at some point here. Yeah. We've preambled, rambled enough. Man, three fonts in the opening credits, and one of them is the Tarantino one. I didn't even notice. What's the oh, Tarantino one? The one he uses in every opening credits of all his movies. I've never noticed that detail. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, they use it here for the intro credits. So you're saying that uh, Wes Craven did it first, Quentin Tarantino? Yep. Tarantino's a... <laughs> Tarantino had not made a movie uh, at the time that this was released, so that uh -oh. is now officially the Dream Warriors font. <laughs> Busted. 
busted. <laughs> yeah, man. Ah, uh, man, I, I'm I'm with you where the Freddy Krueger movies aren't really my go-to horror franchise. I do like Freddy Krueger. I think he's an awesome horror villain. Mm-hmm. The key to a good horror villain is, of course, like someone that you're scared of, but also kind of having fun with and mm-hmm. occasionally rooting for. And Freddy is just that guy. Uh-huh. Man, like he's just, he's got a tragic backstory, so you kind of understand to a certain point but he's also just over the top bonkers violent insane you're like oh, i don't want the kids to die but i also don't want freddie to lose necessarily and i don't i don't want to yeah because you want more of these movies so you're like well if they yeah. defeat freddie the party's over i will say i think this is probably the last one where we're not just rooting for freddie you know <laughs> like Uh, This is the last one where they tried to, like, keep the facade of he's evil, the kids are good. After this, I really feel like they were like, "Uh, you're here to watch teenagers get murdered in creative ways. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. um, Freddy's going to get funnier and more charismatic, and this was really the first kind of seeds of that. Like, he always had, like, a kind of twisted sense of humor but this is the first movie where you really are like, hey, this is a fun character. <laughs> like, Freddy Krueger is kind of kind of entertaining, not just scary, you know? And that's a really hard balance to keep, right? It's just, yeah. like, the the villain that that's meeting all these criteria or whatever, like, that's just endlessly, like, entertaining and endearing in his own way. But also the, you know, teenage victims that we're not rooting against either. Mm-hmm. That makes for an extremely entertaining and fun time. And, I, you know, I gotta say, this might be one of the most fun and entertaining in the 80s horror movies I've ever seen, but I haven't seen a lot of them. I, so I, I'm I, sure you could show me better. I don't know, man. I've, I have seen a lot of them, and I would affirm that this is one of the most fun and entertaining ones absolutely Um, man (laughs) as much as i love the genre like love it it's just like some people have reality tv this is my brand of trash is like shitty (laughs) shitty 80s horror movies i love them i very rarely make a case that they're like actually kind of good um and this isn't even like a great movie but it is good and it's enjoyable and i really don't think i mean your your reaction is proof I don't think you need Mm -hmm. to be some sort of 80s horror head to, like, have a good time watching it. Like, it just doesn't require that kind of buy-in. Like, it's at face value pretty fun. Yeah, and this is kind of... I don't want to speak for you about Rescuers Down Under, but this is kind kind of be a running theme of what makes these good sequels that are differentiating themselves from the original is just have more fun. Like, I I just think that all three of these movies just show you can have a little bit more fun. And maybe not so much Rescuers Down Under, but um, we'll, yeah, that we'll talk about it. movie was really serious. We'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that later. But, man, like, one of the... It's just, just three completely widely different eras and genres and, like, intentions of filmmaking. And at the end of the day, just a ton of fun in their own, in their own ways. This yeah. is the most pure visceral visual 
insane kind of guilty pleasure kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get more on that it's, later. It's schlock. You know, like, that's, that's what it is. It, for those who are uninitiated, schlock is when you throw stupid effects on a screen in in the basis definition right look look what we can do yeah <laughs> who cares yeah. i and care like, oh, a lot i'm kind of like rosamund pike i care a lot oh shut up we're you're kind of like that. Tyrion lannister you care a lot um anyway please transition <laughs> i'm gonna transition so i i think that this is something that that vanessa and i talk about about freddy krueger a lot this is a premise that lends itself to a better sequel. Vanessa's take is always, Freddy is the scariest villain because you will sleep. Just like, no matter what, mm-hmm. eventually you will fall asleep. Like, that's there's literally no avoiding him. You could stay up for like a couple days tops on like coffee and cocaine, but you will doze off and that's all he needs. You know, like you could just never go to Crystal Lake and never have to deal with Jason Voorhees or stay out of Haddonfield and, and especially on Halloween night and Michael Myers will pretty much leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddy Krueger, you will sleep. And that's a scary thought. Um, and I would also say another thing that lends it's like, so, so Freddy has more life in him um, because of that, you know, like, it's just like, Hey, how many times is Jason going to kill a camp counselor? Like, I get it, you know, like, um, but like, this is what lends it to that element of fun you're talking about is Freddie is literally limitless in what he can do to kill you. You know, like there's just a million different ways to to follow the exact same formula and stay creative. Um, You know, like that's, that's, you can just do the possibilities are literally endless they're only affected by your budget and the limitations of your own mind if you're a screenwriter um Mm -hmm. like and so because of that nightmare on elm street one is successful okay that was fun well now we have money to do it even bigger and better um and they did um but there's there's also a weird dimension here and this bums me out right so a a weird thing about horror franchises is a lot of the times the good ones won't do so well at the box office because um really the box office has more to do with the installment that came before it than the movie itself so like dream warriors did not crush it at the box office because part two kind of sucked Part two um, was number two. Yeah. And then because Dream Warriors was so good, part four did really well. Because word traveled. You know, like, hey, yeah. if you didn't go see Dream Warriors, like, they, they're back. And also, you know what else? Part four kind of sucks. Um, but the Hollywood algorithm and studio execs, like, literally have no capacity for context when they look at this shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, they're mm-hmm. just like, this movie made money. That means uh, that means people want to see exactly what this movie was. Uh, the Rock made money, not the actor. The movie that means Nicolas Cage is destined to be an action hero, and that weird Oof. that weird misinterpretation gave us a lot of great shit. But it and was it's still it happening was, to this day. <laughs> exactly, but it was incorrect. <laughs> like that is not where Nick Cage is his best, right? Like as like well. In some ways, he is. 
Um, anyway, Greg, I, I could talk about like trivia and obscure facts about this movie forever. I want to hear, I want to hear some reactions and some thoughts of a dude who went in blind. Yeah. Well, I was surprised about how scared I was at a bunch of certain parts. Yeah. Philip getting puppeteered with like his veins getting ripped out of his wrists and ankles. Oh, truly terrifying. I wanted to fucking puke. I had to like look away. Yeah, there's a few instances where I had to look away. I was just like, uh, this is not fun to look at, even though I know it's a dream. It's still... <laughs> some of the visual effects are not good, but the ones that are good are the scariest ones. Yeah. So there's really good uh, practical effects. Not so great on the stop-motion sequences. Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. It's I, part of it, man. It's part of my greater point about this yeah. movie, man. I, I respect effort. You know, I'm like, I'll suspend my disbelief if I can tell that you tried. Mm-hmm. You know, like, same with, like, the Muppets. It's like, hey, this has a lot of heart. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's just a fucking puppet. You know, like, yeah, they're they're treating me with respect. I'll treat them with respect back. You know, like, that. that's kind of <laughs> how I feel. Um, and I also love stop motion and I pitched a stop motion movie in film school and everyone was like, we like your story, but you do realize you're going to require us to take 24 photographs for one second of film. Um, and no, <laughs> just completely died on the floor. <laughs> Listen, I think I think they were correct in this instance. No, they were wrong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm a genius. I'm a filmmaking genius. Yeah, wait wait till you see his project, folks. Yeah, I, I thought the dream powers were a little strange, so I gotta say it was really, really interesting when like Patricia Arquette's uh Kristen we kind of discover her thing is she can take people into dreams with her and she's calling out to Nancy in the real world. And Nancy is like, oh my God, she's in a dream with Freddie. And she like falls backwards into a chair and basically goes through it and falls into the dream. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the coolest introduction to like the dream element of this movie. Yeah. And we find out later that all the other characters that are like patients in this um this institution with her they all are having these same dreams and they all have powers within their dreams that they kind of realize which is both Um, and charming at the same time in my opinion yeah the, the the powers range from curing a physical disability and being able to walk and also having wizard powers to can somersault or has mohawk so see that one's my favorite one it's just like the way the actress did it was so charming that it's like it's it's the fantasy of someone who doesn't like themselves and when she's just like in my dreams i'm beautiful and i'm bad and she flips up two switchblades i was just like you are beautiful and bad queen you are it was just so cute to me you know like that is like someone who clearly has no idea what being a badass is and that's her living her fantasy of being a badass like i liked that that was not everything can be as tangible as kid can walk Mm -hmm. but yeah (laughs) 
Patricia Arquette was just like, I can do gymnastics now. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One handspring later. <laughs> <laughs> ow, ooh, ow. Freddy cut my Achilles. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, they could have given the lead a better power. <laughs> like, I can make my mom love me now. Like, is the implication <laughs> oh, that your, your mom didn't love you because you don't do gymnastics? You know, like, give, give us something. Or what Ever if your since... power was, in my dreams, I can stay awake forever and always defeat Freddy Krueger. That almost hurt. <laughs> I, I did like that they didn't waste our tr- our time trying to be like, we've got to stay awake as long as possible. We get yes. like a 10-minute montage of people nodding off and then slapping themselves in the face. We didn't get all that. Everyone's like, no, let's dive in and kill this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Which Good is stuff. Badass and again honors the premise. Just fucking get to it. If we wanted realism, we wouldn't be watching a goddamn Freddy Krueger movie. Right? No, that's like, right. You, you don't have to really earn going into the dream world. We we want to get there. You know, it's the same as like Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean when you're like wouldn't it have taken them like months to get from island to island and wouldn't several members of their crew have died and you know what? No, no, that's, no, no, no. That's not the movie we're watching. Just get them get them to the next location. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on. Just just I'm having fun. Don't burden me with this. Right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm kinda winding down on this one, unless you have anything else major. Um, nothing major. I did want to say, um, I wish that the anti-science movement focused more on how Freddy Krueger is real. Actual, actual science, yeah. Because there's like a big like, <laughs> if you think science is going to get you through this, <laughs> well, you're a fucking idiot. Um, this movie was, was very anti-science and very pro-religion and spirituality. Um, and that's fine because they're dealing with a fucking supernatural entity. Like, why would you not need a supernatural entity to counter it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just funny to me that I was like, you know what? If the if the real anti-science movement was more like Freddy Krueger is real and we need to take it seriously instead of being like COVID is fake and the Earth is flat. I oh yeah. I don't the think war- I'd I don't think I'd resent it as much if they were just like all you fucking sheep think it's safe to go to sleep without your hypnosil. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sheep go to sleep, lions take hypnosis. <laughs> but before, <laughs> yes, or whatever. <laughs> before, uh, before we jump to gimmicks, because again, there's not a million things to hyperanalyze. Um, but I wanted to hear what are, what are your thoughts as an outsider on all the lore that was established in this movie? That Freddy Krueger's mom is a nun that was raped a hundred times and. Which I, by the way, don't love the '80s trope of like casually introducing rape to make a plot more serious. It happens a lot, and it, I, boy, does it. Even when it's Man. not portrayed in a positive light, it, it, they, I just don't think that it's usually presented with the gravitas that addressing that in film requires, uh, especially in yeah. this movie. Um, it's the and, inciting incident that g- doesn't get dealt with directly. Yeah. You and know, the idea yeah. that you yeah exactly that it's not like it's like dude we're worrying about this fucking like demon story when there's something as powerful and interesting as a woman who was raped a hundred times and delivered a child and what happened to her well we find out what happened to her she's like a ghost nun that that 
is like a meeting with the goddess for for weird psychiatrists who aren't religious um that accidentally hypnotize themselves sometimes like a fucking idiot did someone hold up a goddamn mirror when he was pulling that stunt or something Ayo. but um anyway what did you think about all that lore of like oh well if you dug up his corpse and then buried it with holy water that would actually defeat him what, what are your thoughts it's the i don't know it's fine it's an 80s thing it's just like well there's no like we've established that he's so powerful and science isn't gonna top him yeah what else do you have to really go to and it's that and i i think i had seen like whatever that shitty remake was or like origin story i can't even remember what it was the 2010 i I think it was around then yeah with uh, with rorschach as freddy instead of robert england yeah that is one of the worst horror movies i have ever seen in my life i have never been so bored I forget most of it, but like a little bit of the story kind What's of there stuck to with fucking me? remember about that shit? Uh, the trailer, I guess. Yeah. So I, I kind of knew what had happened a little bit. I knew the town got together to kill him. I forgot most of the first movie, too, if I'm being honest. There's not a lot to remember. He's a bad boy that got burned to death by parents, and now he haunts children in their dreams. So he can get sweet abs made of children's faces. That that rocked, man. That's that another cool. good effect. Yeah, it's just that we don't really need much more than that. So, finding his bones in a trunk is super weird. I I do think it provided like a really cool sense of finality in their finale, where it's just like, well, yeah, this could this could actually be the end of things. Like, I think Wes Craven wanted it that way. And then we turned <laughs> the lights on in a little you, paper mache house. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Things things can end. There's a reason we're not doing Terminator 2 in this episode. <laughs> Jesus. All right. right. Anyways, um, we, it's only because we've already done it before. I would say my, my take on the lore is I'm like, you know, I don't love it. I also don't have any better ideas. I think I like Freddy better as something that's just kind of unexplained, just an unexplained phenomena. And the more you try to explain him, the worse he gets. And I also realized you can't really get nine movies out of that, so I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you know like I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Greg, I'm about to pee my pants. Um. Let's gimmick it. I like. I'm like. I don't mean I have to pee very badly. I mean I'm about to pee my pants. Let's gimmick this shit. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this week our gimmick of the week. Gimmick of the week. We have a new one every week. It's called the gimmick of the week. This is our favorite level up. This is our little tidbit on why the sequel is better than the first, or however you wanted to interpret uh, the leveling up of the franchise or the original IP, however you want to say it. I landed on the best level up for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors. The casting! We've got a great mix of original actors and all of our new characters we've got an oscar winner we've got a future oscar nominee in lawrence fishburne it's great all 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 the actors do a great job and yeah that's 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 part of it you got to sell it man i'm gonna tell johnny depp you said that i'm just saying he's he's gone in the first movie who else are we going to bring along (laughs) um i i looked i looked at the cast of the second movie to see if there's any other big celebrities in there and i did not recognize any names 
My uh, my favorite level up in general is the practical effects in in again in general. Um, I, I just thought they did what they should do, which is just take them to the next level and get even more, excuse me, more creative. And the moment you realize that is what I like to call Freddy Cocker, um, the big giant Freddy worm, which is yeah. one of the coolest effects, maybe the coolest effect in the whole franchise. And the reason I call it Freddy Cocker is because it was originally painted pink. They got it on set, lit it, and they were like, oh my god, we made a giant Freddy Krueger penis. <laughs> Paint it green, halt production, we can't do this. <laughs> Which is just so funny to me. Honestly, um, a good call. But I, I just thought the effects were so good in this movie, and... When you're watching a, an 80s slasher, what are you watching it for if not the practical effects? And these are some of the best ever. That's my, that's my level up. Well, there you go. Uh, what's your favorite line from this one? Plain and simple. Iconic lines. Welcome to primetime, bitch. Buddy. That's my runner-up. Oh, but, what's your favorite? Welcome to primetime, bitch. So uh, my favorite is in the credits, and it's actually, I've avoided saying it this whole time, Larry Fishburne. Isn't that cute? <laughs> Back when Lawrence went by Larry. Um, my runner-up so, is... Uh, seeing that, I was like, does that mean Lawrence? And then he showed up, and a few seconds later, I was like, ah, Larry. <laughs> That's not right. I mean, I think you'll like my runner-up then, because... Uh, <laughs> My, my runner-up was a great way to talk smack to Kirby when someone mains him in Super Smash Bros. Mm -hmm. Let's go kick the motherfucker's ass all over Dreamland. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Um, what is your Critiker score before I piss all over my laptop? Not in a yeah. sexual way. That's the movies for win only fans. Oh, jeez, nice. I'm not joking. I'm like, I, then I, let I'm me having talk. trouble holding it. Okay, talk. Yeah. So, you know, this has the old shitty movie things. Lawrence Fishburne turns off a light switch that's already off, and then they cut away, the light turns off. You can see the strings a few times, but that's just a few more pieces of what makes this so damn fun. Yeah. It's part of the fun. One of the best horror movie, 80s horror movies I've ever seen. And we get it in, in a nice, tight 90 minutes. I gave this one a 29 out of 40. Hell yeah! Um... I gave it a 36 out of 50. Um, it's not, like, a really great movie. Like, when they get into, like, the actual plot, there's some, like, kind of eye-rolling moments. You know, like, mm -hmm. they take themselves a little seriously and it doesn't land. Um, I gave Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1 a 35, and I gave this one one point better because I thought it was a little bit better. Stage left. Theater terms. Set. Cur UIL. Curtain. Curtains. It's curtains for you. And ah. your little dog, too. The show must go on. Break a leg. Macbeth. Ah. <laughs> Theater terms. I, I know. Ah, by the pricking of my thumb, something seamless edit this way comes. Oh. oh. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> With a seamless edit that has absolutely zero to do with what we're going to talk about. It started right. as a Rescuers reference. And then it went somewhere better. Down Under. Well, it went Scotland first, but now Down Under. Whoa, who is that? What? Oh, ah. Who is that? Who said that? Is that Lady Mac 
<laughs> Lady Macbeth. Yes. No, Hello. Dipshit, it's, it's Vanessa. It's me, Vanessa. <laughs> I thought it was Francis McDormand. Damn it. No, it's producer and savior of the show, Vanessa Taylor. Vanessa, why are you here to join us for the rescuers? Um, oh. well, first of all, hello, and howdy, and g'day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just hitting all my bases. Um, She's got it. But no, I, I'm here because, so my thought was when we were watching this, that if this is better than the originals this is the title of the show or the this week's episode um denny can't actually weigh in on this because he's never seen the rescuers nor had he seen the rescuers down under well technically Ooh. i had but i was young enough to not remember it okay so we, we had this vhs but not, i had yeah. it was not a it was not a perennial rewatch sure 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 yeah but you haven't seen the original right no never yeah no. so you can't say that it's better if you've never seen the first well really quick we are doing The Rescuers Down Under, the 1990 Disney movie, and it is on Disney Plus, and so was the original Rescuers. Those are both on Disney Plus. Watch them now. I'm sure the VHS is still at my parents' place somewhere, but I watched it at Disney Plus this week. We did as well. Uh, Vanessa, I gotta, before we get into talking about the original, we gotta talk a little bit about our relationships with it because Denny has not seen the original. Wait, we haven't even and done hasn't the synopsis se- yet. We're getting there. Okay, never mind. We're going. I'm gonna let Vanessa Second build up to the synopsis first. of this one. Yeah. Second comes first. Sequel. This is an episode about sequels, yeah. so we're starting here. We're doing it all out of order. Okay. There you go. If you want. I, I have seen the rescuers down under many many times on the aforementioned vhs at my parents house and i think i've seen the rescuers once when i was a kid after i had seen down under a few times and i didn't think it was nearly as good as a young man i decided i'm six i only (laughs) want to watch the one as a young man with the kangaroos decided that you were six I was like, you know what? As a six-year-old, I want more John Candy in my cinema. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've only seen The Rescuers once, and I was very young. So I guess I guess talk about The Rescuers and The Rescuers Down Under and how these stories kind of tie together, and that will be kind of the synopsis of The Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. So I, well, I'll give some context. Please. Because my, my context for myself is very similar to you, although I do... I think we had both VHSs. Um, I, I, th- while I think The Rescuers is a great movie and we do need it to set the stage, The Rescuers Down Under. Um, it to me, it falls into a similar thing um, that a lot of like the Disney's Disney classics from like the seventies do. That there's like long, weird, adult, sad songs in the middle of this fun kids film. Like that that mm-hmm. happens multiple times during early Disney movies, particularly and, in like the sixties and seventies. Oh um, yeah. Even the Muppet Christmas Carol. The love, uh, is, love gone. is gone. I yeah, like yeah. I like that song, so I do too, but I agree with Brian Henson that there was a pacing issue. That is true. That <laughs> That's is why true. it was good. Yeah. Um and so, so anyway, so the the idea of the rest, the rescuers, just in general, they are um, mice for reasons um, that are very small 
and they are for some i honestly i don't really remember why they're in charge there's the rescue aid society is what they're called the ras yeah Mm -hmm. which that's what it stands for it does it does i didn't know until now oh because you haven't (laughs) seen the rescuers see that's the thing they sing a whole song r-a-s yeah rescue find out what it means to me (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway so so they uh are our two heroes of of rescuers down under bianca and bernard um or bernard but no it's bernard yeah bernard (laughs) um they 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 meet each other they're paired up in the original rescuers i think bianca is new i believe um to the ras when in when we first meet her in the rescuers um and and that film is set in i think new orleans or something like that um I believe you're right. That's yeah. how I remember it. I mean, there's a bunch of gators, and there's gold <laughs> and a bayou. So I'm going to say it's probably Louisiana. Um, so there's a... there's They they go and they rescue a child. Like, that's that's kind of the core of this, that a child is kidnapped or under duress, um, generally by someone who is mildly evil or intensely evil, depending on your view, I suppose. Um, and who views child kidnappers as mildly evil? I don't know. They're just have, they were just having a rough day, you know. <laughs> Kidnapped. A child. Well, because the rescuers one, it's like she's not. She isn't she like a foster mom or I, something? I thought it was a foster mom or like some kind of family issue. That's how I remember well, it. Yeah. She was in. Now that you mentioned she that. was in an orphanage in like New York. Penny is our is our main character in the rescuers. Oh, that's um, why I never watched it again. Penny sucks. I thought you were gonna say because it was a girl, and I was just like, "Wow, girl, <laughs> six year old you was a dick." Um, uh, it's actually because there's Cajuns, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so so they they go to rescue Penny, who is trying to. Um, she's being like, I, I'm pretty sure it's either her adopted mom or her foster mom or something like that. She's this red-haired woman who's very eccentric and rides around on the backs of alligators at different times um that part i very much enjoyed as a child uh because she her fiery red hair and a cool red dress um she honestly kind of looks like a drag queen and you know what it makes sense like in louisiana i suppose i don't know she seems eccentric and it's fun but also evil so she wants diamonds Mm -hmm. and there's a a cool skull rock that she's got to go get a diamond from and the the it's it's child size. They can't get anybody else to get in there. Of course, not a small person, but a child. It has to be. So they train Penny to go get diamonds, and tell her that I don't know she'll get a good family or some shit like that if she gets the diamond for them. Um, ultimately, she nearly dies. The mice come and save her. Although again, I don't really think it seemed more coincidental. Not really the mice is doing that actually saved her because i'm pretty sure penny had to save the mice and herself um they just gave her support they're her support mice but then everyone (laughs) applauded them they did a great job bianca and bernard and then they were paired up together after that and so then we get to our our current film essentially that's that's their stick they get rescued kidnapped kids who are under duress and apparently I don't know why that was the biggest deal. They're they're now heroes apparently with the RIS. Although if that's their thing, wouldn't oh, yeah. people be doing that more often? I don't know. Kid- or mice, I suppose. Kids. No, but I like yeah, if yeah. their whole goal is to rescue children, I would think that uh, the <laughs> other mice to- <laughs> in the RIS were also rescuing children in similar situations. <laughs> 
why no, are they're Bianca, all available. Yeah, but like, why are Bianca and Bernard like the hot shit of this team? Sorry, I'm getting into critiques before we actually get into the actual film. No, no, that's fine. I like it. It's these these uh, little tangents are what really get us going. <laughs> I, I gotta because I like to pile onto these sorts of things. It's just like all these mice are there. It's just a little micro society of being good at rescuing kids, and they're in New York, which I guarantee has missing kids. <laughs> But every, yes. everyone's free and available. <laughs> and also, like, well, what I thought about, too, and you brought it up when we were watching it, you were like, weren't there any mice in Australia? That right, because they go? have that rescuer yeah, network, right? Yeah, they've got right? that like, ranger guy. Is there what no one name? that could... Ranger Rick or whatever? But even there's the kangaroo that blows the log, and the log's not sentient, so don't get weird. Um, there's... <laughs> It's a didgeridoo. A, if this no, log, it's a log could talk. that sounds like a didgeridoo. <laughs> it's not a didgeridoo. Um, didgeridoo like, that yeah, again. Why did they have to go all the way to New York? Like, I gotta think, like, they clearly had some infrastructure. Yeah, in, uh, I know. In the land south of the border, as well, they call Australia. It's essentially like the UN, but for mice. Yeah, only a few mice can get called to action. We're getting very deep into We're this. We're in the weeds, and we have not like, even introduced the fucking movie yet. Into a micro-society <laughs> of mice. the weeds right now. That rescue a kid uh, from capture twice in 13 years, and not once since. So, <laughs> Exactly. I don't think these guys are the actual heroes, I'm just saying. But... Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and summarize Rescuers Down Under a little bit. A young man named Cody is just hanging out in the outback in the wilderness. Uh, he's not putting shrimps on Barbies, though. He's freeing animals from traps. He, uh, he finds and befriends a giant eagle named Marahote. Flies around, has some adventures, but a poacher is after the giant eagle and captures the a uh, child and wants to know where Marahote, the legendary giant eagle that's going to make him rich, is. McLean, Mice. I think is his name. Uh, oh, shoot, I have it I have it right here. McLeach. McLeach, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, so kid, kid gets kidnapped, a mouse's uh, witness, he telegraphs the, <laughs> uses Morse code to get in touch with the RAS, our Bianca and Bernard hero mice, enter the scene and try to rescue Cody and in the process try to save this beautiful rare golden eagle from being poached and it's a fantastic movie that I love yeah and I still love it now Same. one of my favorite animated Disney features period and I'm glad Vanessa feels the same way as I do because goddamn yeah. not a lot of people have the same love and affinity I have for this movie so that's as someone it's who nice has to have had friends. to tell a lot of people they haven't seen it, I don't know that that's true. I think a lot of people have the same love and affinity you do for this movie. I haven't talked to them, I guess. I don't know. I, I, or at least they... I, maybe they don't love it as much as you do. That's probably fair. Um, but I man, rank it get, higher than most people probably would. off when someone says, Oh yeah, I don't really remember it. I've technically seen it. Let me tell you, that makes people mad. I, I, was I, I have learned that I that still feel people. angry about it. So. <laughs> Even though we watched it together, I was mad when we started, and I'm mad when you bring it up again. I've seen <laughs> it now, and you're still mad. Yeah, <laughs> I watched it with you, and you're still mad. Let Better me have give it my a, anger. Yeah. Better give it a high rating. I'm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you won't be disappointed because yeah. I liked it. 
I don't I don't have really a lot of notes on this one. Like I was watching I haven't seen this one maybe in like ten years and I was still remembering all of the music beats, all of the story beats, yeah. all of the funny little lines. It, it I, I have a different lens on them now, of course. Um stuff that was meant to be funny to me as a kid was maybe a little bit scarier. But, you know, it it was still a ton of fun seeing it seeing it again for the first time in a while i still had just as much fun with it as i used to as a kid yeah me me too but i also have gripes so here are my gripes um yes and these are these are things and denny will attest that this is a thing that bothers me in a lot of films he already is rolling his eyes i don't know what you're building up to. oh okay i, really I don't. thought you were rolling your eyes no i don't um it, it i was bothers... trying to think sorry no, i was like okay, what gotcha. could it be um did no, someone it's... use a needle or take a pill or incorrectly administered. Oh the, the no! SAT. Well, yes. yes. I mean that does happen. <laughs> the needle Did thing, most definitely. Did someone fuck up the SAT administration in this again? <laughs> no. Because I think that ruined "Call uh, Me by Your no, Name" for Vanessa. I, if I I'm have not I have a couple things that bother me. One, why are only some people Australian? Cody, yes. not Australian. McLeach, McLagan, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, Cormac McLagan from Harry Potter <laughs> um, grew up turned into. Didn't he write? No Country for Old Men? Right, I have anyways. no idea. Anyway, um, <laughs> McLeach, he makes a little bit more sense as being like a poacher, but he also has got like a Crocodile Dundee vibe, but like an evil mm-hmm. Crocodile Dundee. So I don't really understand why they didn't hire someone who can do a, a half-assed Australian accent. Or there's a whole continent full of Australian people with accents that are legit that we could just Where is it? hire one. It's down under. <laughs> do you rescue a down under? Do, 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 do. Um, but no, but like Cody's mom has has an Australian accent. Uh, the mouse, the jumpy mouse, Ranger Rick kangaroo, or whatever his kangaroo name is. Kangaroo rat, kangaroo mouse. Yeah, I yeah. Um, I don't know what his name is, but I'm we'll just go gonna with call Ranger, him Rick. Ranger Rick. Um, but yeah, he has an Australian accent. Was an Australian actor. Uh, it, and it's not like they don't think that we can understand accents as children because. Eva Gabor is actually Hungarian, and she keeps mm-hmm. her Hungarian accent. Bianca, so, sorry, Eva Gabor plays Bianca. Bianca is an, is a Hungarian delegate for mm-hmm. the RAS, and she has her natural accent. She just, I believe this was her last role, too. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. to a legend. Yeah. R.A.S. to a legend. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, and she's also, I think she's... Zaza Gabor's sister, I believe. Zaza Gabor was in our last movie. Mm. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. Wow. The connections we didn't know we made. She was the talk Holy show shit. guest. Interesting. This is more mind-blowing than That's funny <laughs> anything we're going to talk about. I actually I actually thought she sounded like... Uh, what's, what's the mouse's name? Bianca. I thought she sounded mm-hmm. like Bianca because I watched Dream Warriors the mm. day after I watched Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure it's not the same voice actor, and maybe I'm just generalizing Hungarian accents. Yeah. No, it was uh, her sister. Pe- her- okay. Okay. People always say that, man. People always say don't watch Rescuers Down Under immediately after Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors yeah. because you're going to be a little confused. <laughs> it's so. true. And it, it, it is a true Hey, assessment. I saw some children in that movie that needed to be rescued, and I saw some mice that failed them. Mm. Bianca and Bernard, where were you? I can't believe they wasted all that time with all that like Catholic shit when they could have just Let's go like, to the dreams, some, Bernard. Some very resourceful mice and a Oh, and a John Candy bird <laughs> to, <laughs> to solve their problems for them. Yeah. 
Um, but no, I think like the the accent shifting or not being present was bothersome. But what really mm-hmm. grinds my gears Uh-oh. is why and what are the rules of sentient animals in this world? Mm-hmm. Some have full on conversations. This is the one I. Predicted. Some do not. Like Marahote, uh, can't speak, but seems like it can understand. Like she's sentient. She understands, mm-hmm. she feels emotions, she's sad, she's excited, but she can't talk. But it's not all birds. Vanessa, isn't it just, like, totally fine for Mickey to keep Pluto as a pet? It is not. <laughs> it is not. What about Franklin and his pet uh, snail? Is that okay? It's not It's like... not a pet snail. He has a goddamn fish and his best friend is a fucking snail. That's my issue. Where is the hierarchy of animals hey, here? it's Franklin. <laughs> Coming over to your house. Grinding your gears. <laughs> Just be consistent. And I understand that we're anthropomorphic. But this is not what we're doing in this movie. Like, it makes mm-hmm. a little bit more sense for me for Mickey to have a, you know, Goldie is his fish. Or for Franklin to have a fish because we're teaching preschoolers about what it's like to have animals and responsibility and all right. of that Do you shit. Pecking order. Do you think Pluto is a lesser being than Goofy? I don't. I don't think so. Do you think the animators? Denny, quit intentionally derailing Vanessa. <laughs> do you there's think, enough. Do, there's enough without even having to get into the the dynamics think, of Goofy and Pluto. Is Pluto a lesser being than Goofy the dog? No, because Pluto seems smarter than Goofy. But anyway, but that's that's the thing is that we have humans and we have some animals that can speak. And then we have others that can't. And I don't hey, understand. Wait. The crocodiles can't. But a lizard can? It's like the green glass door. Do they need double letters? Like, I don't understand. Oh, man. But right. is Goofy... Yeah. <laughs> no, Denny. <laughs> You're done derailing this conversation because I do have kind of a counterpoint. I, I do understand where Vanessa's coming from. I do... I, I notice it more this time, especially. with like Even some of the am- animals don't all have Australian accents either. Yeah, some it's do, some super don't. super weird. That was confusing to me. Yeah, I didn't appreciate like, that. The little wombats don't Vanessa, talk, but I, I didn't appreciate it. Yeah, the wombats but it's can't one talk. Of, but the it's but one the, of my favorite the koalas. things. Koalas got a Aussie accent. The kangaroo the sassy koala yeah. has got an Aussie accent. Um, the weird anxious lizard does not. Yep. Joanna also can't speak. So this Why? is this is a good your movie sucks point that I really like. Where people get on him for like calling out inconsistencies in the universe in a kids movie, and he's like, "Hey, you want to know what my favorite movie is? That my favorite animated animated movie ever is Ratatouille." And you know how they explain him being able to control uh, the chef guy? What's the guy's name? Remy can control Linguini. Linguini. Gosh, maybe that's why he became a chef. (laughs) Um, But. Linguini's able to control or sorry Remy's able to control Linguini by tugging on his hair and they look at each other and go how do you do that and they both shrug and the your movie sucks guys like that's all I ever needed just like acknowledge you that don't, it's it, weird yeah, yeah just like keep the rules consistent mm-hmm. I'm not saying like a kid's movie can't have something dumb and unexplained in it I'm just saying pick a lane you yes. know like which yes. which is more than fair right absolutely absolutely yeah and I'm totally fine with that. Um, uh, these these are all great points. The thing is, like, I'll, I'll argue against it, but also on, with the understanding that you're right. 
That's that's my only thing is that you're right, but I'll, I'll still say that one of my favorite things about this movie is it's something I talked about in The Iron Giant too, where you have something that can barely talk or barely communicate really and through the art of animation making this thing fully expressive in emotion and give it personality that it can't express with words really and joanna is a good example of that she's just like this little goofball just she just she just wants some eggs, man. She yeah, just Joanna wants some eggs. Need to talk. I honestly don't need Joanna to talk. I just want some consistency. I think it would really ruin her character if we actually could. I'm starting to think that yeah. I like this movie more than you guys. No, I love this movie. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a thing. It's just like... It's... I do want animated characters to be able to... Exp- like, an- animated animals don't have to all be talking and conversing... They don't have to all be this expressive necessarily. It's just weird that we are getting all three in the same movie with like fully conversational and we're getting fully just expressive without dialogue and then we're getting just straight up animals like the little wombats or you know some of the other animals that don't talk and don't really seem to have personality or expression or really even understanding as to what's going on. But you know, I'll, I'll get more on that later towards the end of things, but damn. I thought the movie was very good, and none of this bothered me that much. Yeah, it didn't bother me much as a kid, and it it's I noticed it now. I don't think it bothered me that much. I mean, I, I noticed it, but I was like, eh, I get it. If the eagle can communicate really, really well, then then she's not as sympathetic. Uh, yeah. If if the if the Isabel is that her name the lizard, Isabel? Joanna. 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 Where did oh, the, it's a lizard. From? It's a lizard named Joanna. Is it Joanna Newsom? Is that something? There we go. Do I have a joke there? I think Joanna Newsom is a person. I don't know who she is though. I've I don't. Heard the name. I don't know that. Um, oh damn. Anyway, I'm like, well, if if she can talk, then she's not as scary, and she's a little too sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was inconsistent. And that was kind of dumb, but I, yeah. I just get why. I get the purpose, Me you know. Too. Like, Me too. Um, I will say, you know, I related to Greg watching Good Burger um, when he said Ed was annoying, and I was like, "Everyone loves Ed. What's wrong with you? Who was the good guy lizard? The one in the cage? The the little oh, the, the one in the cage? I'm not I'm not guy? sure. I don't know what his name he is. He was annoying I don't remember his name. as fuck and a loser and an idiot who squandered every opportunity put in front of him yeah i don't think you're supposed to like him good because i didn't yeah no i don't like him either i thought he was supposed to be like our lovable screw up and i was like man if if joanna eats you i like i might feel joy like you are annoying the living shit out of me and stressing me out and fucking this up for all the little animated animals i care about yeah i hope i hope you get eaten couldn't stand him very well then mm-hmm. i did not want ed to get eaten for the record wait is his name ed no I oh meant you meant ed you didn't want him to get eaten <laughs> <laughs> there you go by a giant lizard Godzilla say, burger man, I, was a was the pitch sequel i i understand now where and this will go to vanessa's thing about improper use of needles but uh, I understand where my fear comes from of being shot in the ass with a shotgun. <laughs> yes. 
but it's loaded with syringes of medicine. <laughs> I'm scared of that now, and it's because of this movie I now that's realize. A very, yeah. That sounds scary, man. I wouldn't call that a, a, a... Like, that'll probably never happen to you, I hope. No, but no, this is did, a unique... This is a unique trauma that I only experienced. No, no, I, I think, like, I remember that scene in so much clarity. I didn't uh-huh. remember why he needed his back fixed, but I... He pulled it, yeah. he pulled it, lifting the tiny suitcases. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so but cute. I, like, I, I, I remembered that in so much detail to the point that I was, like, I felt a sense of, like dread that did not match the actual scene because of how Mm -hmm. like i was connecting to those feelings as a child of like how much that scene filled me with dread of like doctors that could just keep you and do whatever they wanted to do and he clearly did not need that that was kind of tonally confusing it was like it was like they kind of give you this like almost like sick and twisted nazi experimentation vibes from the doctor and then you get the impression mm-hmm. that they're like legit trying to help him, but they're just fucking barbaric. You know, yeah. like that was I didn't know what I was supposed to feel in those scenes. Was I supposed it's, to be like, it's funny, he doesn't want a shot, or it's horrible, he's being abused. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a little bit of it, both. It's really like the older I got, like I started realizing like, oh, this was kind of played for a laugh. But even now, I'm not sure where the last scene didn't exactly strike me as to be. funny at all. Yeah. Like it was, Mm-mm. it was very like, dude, leave him alone. Well, it's our one, help. it's our one comedy actor, like getting away from all the main characters to do like a what feels like is kind of playing as a comedy bit, but it's not really <laughs> a good joke. It would have been different if like all the little mouse doctors were like very loving and kind of being like hey i know you don't like this but you got to get your good medicine and he was like oh wee that hurt but oh oh i feel better mm-hmm. you know but yeah they just like it, tortured it, him yeah, and they were just like, like experimenting medieval medical yeah. practices like i'm surprised like, they didn't like drain like, him with leeches yeah or some right shit. yeah yeah i like I don't, yeah, the the like. I don't want to know what was going to happen with that chainsaw. Me either. Okay, <laughs> I had so, forgotten about the chainsaw. Do y'all like this movie? Do y'all have anything good to say about this movie? I got ridiculed for having not. Seen oh yeah, it. shitload. Yes. So, yeah. So tell, absolutely. Tell, tell me what you love. What do you love about Rescuers Down Under? It's it's something that I can't really explain. Where it's just like one of my favorite things in the movie Zootopia. If you have you guys seen yeah, that? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. One of my favorite things is in that movie that little neighborhood that's just the mouse city uh, the where everything's really tiny and small. I just like little tiny cute things. Me too. I don't, Who doesn't? I don't know what it is. They're like adorable. all these mice, all these mice and like all these like bugs too Mm -hmm. just living in their own little micro society that kind of mirrors human society but it's kind of existing in the cracks of human society Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like like the borrowers it's just like i i i like really get into that for some reason like i just think it's so engaging i'm just like i want to know more like i want to get into your little tiny little weird world yeah and i don't 
I don't know why. Also, it just, that restaurant I'm, on top of the chandelier exactly. looks fancy as hell. Oh, like, yeah, dude. Would go, if you'd proposed to me in that restaurant, I would have 100% okay, say yes. I mean, I you said I did say yes. You proposed to me in a great place, and even if you hadn't, I still would have said yes because I love you. But if I'd been proposed to in that fancy-ass restaurant it's a good in place a chandelier, to I respect. I respect Bernard's intention. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will say this. I don't need I don't know that I needed to watch like the insecurity based romantic arc with Bernard and uh what's what's Zaza's Bianca. sister's name? Bianca. Um <laughs> it's like three levels of separation. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just kinda like, uh this would be a really fucking dark movie if she doesn't end up with Bernard, so i I think I know how it ends. It's kinda just torture to watch him like our hero spend most of the movie just extremely insecure and also our our our, our other hero bianca spend most of the movie like extremely oblivious mm-hmm. you know like i was like that, yeah that, that I, wasn't that wasn't the best move in my opinion i feel like that was something that you don't have the context for because you you haven't seen the rescuers because okay, okay. there was definitely some of that like that flows over from their characters from the first movie gotcha. i think of like how he's like he's paired up with her and he's just like flabbergasted because she's the hottest mouse piece that he has <laughs> ever seen and like doesn't know how to like he's like Same. kind of bumbling and you know things like that like he just ha- doesn't have you know any suave yeah she she makes him nervous is mm-hmm. it's oh, okay maybe, maybe she, I didn't she's so that. maybe I, I thought he was nervous because he was proposing but I assumed that because he was proposing that they were pretty comfortable around each other. So, More so yeah, that's what it feels yes, like. But still not like the most comfortable. Okay, that makes more sense. Maybe that's maybe that's a weakness of mine having not seen the first installment of the rescuers. It could be God, you're yeah. so weak. <laughs> did you guys also feel that they didn't spend a lot of time rescuing? They did not. Yeah, it's that is accurate. Like this kid mm. kind of rescued himself, and they showed up at the end to claim the credit. It's kind of how I that felt about. That is what I'm saying about the RAS. Like I love them. I'm here for it. Good intentions. I just I kind of think that they're more like support animals, not really mm-hmm. active rescuers. I mean, they are I mice was, I was... that traveled across the globe on a bird. I'll give them that. Yeah. They really put forth yeah. the effort. They did. They really they got down under, but yeah. Res- rescue in a kind of a loose sense but i i was when we we're getting towards the end of the movie i was just kind of like oh no do they if the story existed without them would it be any different okay yeah they do make some major changes that if they weren't there we wouldn't have had a happy ending but i also so felt like there yeah. were there were long stretches in the movie where we just didn't really check in on bernard and bianca very much you know like they were just oh yeah kind of trying to get there and trying to get their shit together and i was like this because really we should do... have been called like cody down under <laughs> that's like cody in the house but that's cory in the house way way different damn it yeah Don't, like i said i didn't watch these things my cory in the house Sorry, my that's so raven spinoffs is that a that's so raven spinoff yeah i think it's gotta be if it's that like he, Raven's he was he was brother. Raven's brother yeah. yeah yeah I thought so. Corey Raven they can't all be the my favorite sweet life of Zach and Cody down under. <laughs> I love it the sweet down under of Zach and Cody yeah, yeah so, no no no, no they're I, children Greg <laughs> I was like don't, <laughs> don't say that 
No, I think that some of the things, like, getting back to the animation idea of, like, this be- this movie is beautiful. Like, the animation is wonderful throughout. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. flying through, like, that those opening shots of just, like, the, the um, you see, like, Uluru, um, you know, the mountains and things like that, and, like, the flowers, just going through that field of flowers, and then you come up on McLeach's car. Like, it's just so good. Like, yeah. Ugh. The the opening shot might be the best of any Disney animated film. We were kind of, like, close in with a few bugs. Mm-hmm. They're just, nature's just kind of existing, and then, the, like, the ladybug flies away. And they were just going, like, 100 miles an hour through that field of flowers yeah. and, like, slowly getting to Cody's house, or quickly getting to Cody's mm-hmm. house while the, like, intro credits roll with, like, this pounding percussive like indigenous percussive instruments with like these big loud brassy horns ah the score in this movie is so perfect good. i thought it was God, a little Christmas-y. so good vanessa didn't agree with me. i didn't think it sounded christmasy at all i liked it i just thought it's christmas a in australia yeah as if it happens in the summer there that's true <laughs> jesus was born in july down here uh, I'm not joking. Like when, December is summertime. For yeah. Them. Yeah. No, no, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It still happens sure. on December 25th, but it is yeah. it is warm. Mm-hmm. They so go and they... the birth of our Lord. It's 112 degrees outside. <laughs> it's Fahrenheit. Uh, 40. Jingle bells. I stand correct. Yeah. Well, based on the accent of some of these characters, they probably spoke in Fahrenheit. Say, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But yeah um, I, I I love I love the music in this movie. I think I texted Denny at some point that some some parts of the score in this in this movie have been stuck in my head since the nineties. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. Like it just haven't left. And now they're back and they're just yeah. reinstalled with a little bit more depth. They've been refreshed in my mind. Yeah. So yeah. they're there to stay. They're locked in. There you go. Good you, good you, tunes. You reinforce those pathways. I love it. No complaints. Yeah. You'll love to see No, it. I just th- this this movie for me, like, yeah, I've got some gripes, and I'm, I feel like I'm always going to, like, regardless of how much I like it, like, I've got gripes about Ragnarok as well, and yeah. I love that movie, um, but, like, there, this, this has a place of nostalgia for me that, like, I feel like I'm laying on my couch, it's a, you know, like, I'm not terribly ill, but ill enough to be home, and, like, I don't know, some orange juice or something, like, off-brand shit that we had from Aldi. Mm-hmm sitting on the couch i probably made myself some ramen or something like that and just like posted up to watch rescuers down under and i like let or really yeah it's off-brand kool-aid juice drink or whatever it's called um from aldi hashtag aldi we love it vanessa is just saying (laughs) like she's speaking my memories into the podcast so (laughs) did you also have a rainbow quilt that was on the couch because that's what i laid under it's like a um it's kind of like a zigzag pattern. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. A zigzag quilt. Everyone had one. Damn. Thanks, great, great grandma. <laughs> yeah. She did a good. She did a good job on it. It was. Yeah, I think it was my great grandma. Damn. Yeah. Lived through multiple generations. They mm-hmm. did do a fantastic job on those quilts. Yeah, they they really did. <laughs> Built to last. Quilt to last. <laughs> For a quilt that never quilts. Yep. Um, quilt to last. Wait. It never quilts? That's a shitty quilt. Never if you ask qu- me. quit. Quilt. Quilt. Wilts? Quits? Um, Shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're losing ourselves anyway, here. Um, are we, we going to gimmick it up or what? I, I feel like we're reaching a natural arc of gimmicks. Yeah. Would you agree, yeah, Vanessa? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Vanessa knows our gimmick for this week. I do not. It's your it's favorite gimmick of the level week. up. What what makes this, you know, like what's a moment ah. that you're like, this mm. is definitely better than the original? Do you want to do you want to go last? Yeah. Okay, cool. Greg, do you have yours? Mine, mine. I, I kind of mentioned it already because I I don't really remember much of the original one. Like I just gotta go with Marahote again. Like I know we talked about the inconsistency of animal communication, but this giant bird is like propelling Cody into this cool, fun sense of adventure. Like I talked to Denny about Nightmare on Elm Street and Thor Ragnarok. And this movie, like all these sequels that are better than the original, are just aiming for fun. And the source of fun in this movie is just the sense of adventure that we get with this gigantic bird throwing a child off a cliff mm-hmm. multiple times and catching him. Like, how how fun is that? Where else yeah. are you gonna get but, that? But then the bird is in the cave and just ex- or in the in the nest, I should say, and just expressing this personality without language. Uh, the upside down bits where they're like the staring at each other, upside- and oh, it's so good. And then yeah. ruffling the feathers to, to be like create a chick. kind of like a whoop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so cute. Oh, I love but it. It's like just the nonverbal communication of a giant animated bird mm-hmm. is. I love it. No, it's 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 so good. It's so good. Yeah. I, I, I also, like, I'm I'm so glad that, like, because, again, as much as I don't like the inconsistency of, like, why why did they choose some animals to speak and others not, it it is to the benefit of the movie that, yeah. that Mara Hute does not speak because there's mm-hmm. so much more, like, story told with without that and that connection that's made without speech. I, I can't think of a voice that would make that any good no no <laughs> like, me either nobody's voice in 1990 would have made that other good other than all. maybe zaza gabor and then there could have been this really cool mm-hmm. blend of like a hungarian eagle that's best friends with bianca that you know it's her long lost sister you're from hungary too <laughs> i'm also down under do you no. want to fuck this hot australian mouse no no, we don't. Anyways, anyways, no. <laughs> um, I actually was surprised. I thought I wouldn't have a level up because mm-hmm. I theoretically couldn't compare it. But uh, but y'all said there were songs in the first movie. They sang mm-hmm. songs. So this was going to be a talking point of mine, but I saved it for this. Um, for as, as much as we shit on musicals in this podcast, like an animated children's movie is to me the proper place for a musical. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't. Uh, when you say like let's watch aladdin i'm not like oh not a musical you know like um Mm -hmm. it it just it hits different when it's an animated kids movie um i will say though um you know i i just appreciated that they honestly kept this like a, a fairly serious movie um they didn't break into song the whole thing was kind of gritty and kind of high stakes Mm. there was like i could see myself as a child believing that uh believing that cody would die um you know like it really seemed like it um Mm -hmm. and so i guess just like the level up in my opinion would be to like it's something i really dislike about a couple pixars that i really love um such as um up and wally where they start very serious Mm -hmm. and very adult um like for example up is dealing with miscarriage and the loss of your life and the loss of your life partner that's our opening montage. It's very heavy. Um, and then you have Wally dealing with, like, 
hey, we're destroying the world and we're going to keep doing it even though we know we are. Mission accomplished, Um, yeah. Just real heavy shit. Um, And then they just feel the need to, like, cut it at the start of the third act with, like, Wally gets on. These are spoilers for both Wally and Up. Um, Has everyone here seen them? Greg, you've seen yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Listeners, skip forward like two minutes. I'm not saying anything that important. Um, and like you, Wally gets on the spaceship and there's like, hey, everyone's overweight and silly. And then like by the third act of Up, we've got fucking talking dogs flying planes. You know, like, and it's just like they always feel the need to like cut it with some like Looney Tunes ass shit. Mm. And, and yeah. rescuers... Felt, rescuers down under felt no need to do that so yeah. that that's yeah. that's my level of mm-hmm. even though there, there yeah. was comedy but the comedy never like abruptly changed the tone of the story or took away from it you yeah. know like and there, there was mm-hmm. a lot of fun comedy actually really no there wasn't a lot of it there was a few moments of fun comedy mm-hmm. there was also yeah, really just a john just candy a bird getting abused and uh, a stupid annoying lizard fucking everything up um, yeah. So yeah, I would say the level up is they they chose to keep taking it seriously, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I will say Up probably has the most forgettable third act of any Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I I don't remember what happens. Honestly, dogs fly around, they clap, crash the blimp. It was some real ass shark yeah, jumpy ass it, shit for what was otherwise a pretty. How awesome do they get movie. back to America? Honestly, not very sure. They, 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 wait, I'll, do they take I'll bet the they blimp? fucking took a plane. You don't fly a house twice. More balloons? <laughs> yeah, the, the house We did it there. once. We can't do it twice. Yeah, there's no balloons wherever they are. Yeah, South America. South Americans hate balloons. We all know this. <laughs> As do, a whole do continent. We? Do we? Peruvians love them. Argentinians, grr, Apparently no. They hate it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Denny, what is your favorite wait, line from the rescue? Oh, wait, yeah, I haven't, I haven't oh. said. So, oh, I thought you did. I'm sorry, no, no, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, so I think for me, the thing that levels it up, uh, one, I think uh, as a child, I was kind of terrified of the first, um, like the original rescuer's baddie. I don't remember her name, but I remember her peeling off yeah. her eyelashes in like visceral detail, and it freaked me the fuck out. So like, do you- You do just you, brought that right? memory back. Thank <laughs> you. Terrifying. She like- seen it once but i remember that spider legs um she's too cruella she is very cruella but like way more eccentric um but Mm -hmm. honestly like you know what i'm thinking now that they might have used some of this like the same stills for cruella and this person because you know how like disney Disney like to recycle their rotoscopes yeah thank you that's that's the thing uh i i wonder if that that's a you know, like an Easter egg that they rotoscoped because their body type and everything is very, very similar. Anyway, um, but I think for me, like, one, the, the the original one is, like, very, very dark. Like, dark in tone and dark in, like, picture. Like, it's, it's, it's all, like, shades that are very dark. Blues, grays, greens. It's set in a bayou. Like, most of it's at night. Um, this one was just, like, it was more upbeat, more fun. I feel like it, the, the pacing of it, kind of like what you were saying, is is really there the entire time like i feel like there's not a slow down part of rescuers down under like it's a pretty tight story that's told mm-hmm. um, oh no absolutely yeah yeah airtight yeah not 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 a lot of wasted motion exactly exactly cool. so dude it and yeah like denny was saying cutting out the songs like this is a 78 minute movie yeah can you oh, imagine shit, if it was exactly. also a musical 
Yeah, it was it was pretty short. When, if, like, if, the original if they had one, songs, it would be too long. The original one, there wasn't really any like so, there was like a traveling song, like when they're because we we spent more time with them in route, even though they and maybe they learned from their mistakes that like we spent a very long time with them flying on Wilbur's cousin or Orville or whatever he said that it was. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. wait, did they name them mm-hmm. Wilbur and Orville? They did. Oh yeah, the, ah. yeah, they did. What what is that a reference to? The uh the right the right brothers. brothers. Oh shit, yeah. that's that's kind of cheeky. I, I dig like that. I dig yeah. that. I dig that. I just a fair fair from here. I haven't to thought there. about yeah. the Wright brothers in a long time. Yeah, I'm remembering second grade when I learned about them now. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I was I was very worried about Amelia Earhart. Like, what the fuck happened? She's still right, out uh, there. I gotta think, we gotta find her. We gotta get on a bird fast. Yeah. Where's John? Miss Campbell. Miss Campbell, we gotta find her. We think either coconut <laughs> crabs ripped her body apart, or that she was taken by the Japanese in World War Two. So. Or she's let's still up was, there somewhere. Let's hope it was no, coconut I don't crabs. think that's. I don't think it's no, that. she's still flying around. No, she's still flying. Oh, okay, she's sure, just above sure, the sure. cloud line and yeah. is just she's, like, I'm gonna get to the other side of the world eventually. <laughs> she just keeps looping, just bouncing, mm-hmm. bouncing around the Bermuda Triangle, yep. having a good time. Yep. Getting ghost oil <laughs> given to her, mm-hmm. you know, by all the other. Well, ghost she brought planes. a lot of snacks. She, she could have piece off, piece off ghost oil. All right, uh, Denny, what's your favorite line so from Rescuers Town? This is going to sound like me mailing it in, and it's actually in my notes, but this is the first time this has happened. I was watching the whole movie, and there really wasn't some sort of powerhouse line that jumped out to me. Um, I, I, I don't have a favorite line, so instead I will say um, every line that did not break out into song. Because I thought that was a really strong point of this movie. Yeah. Um, every line that that refrained from um, becoming becoming a musical number when that was the path of least resistance for an animated children's movie, um, especially in this era, um, that oh, was my yeah. favorite line. So this is gonna like again. I'll, I'll show you my notes if you don't believe me. I actually watched the whole movie and looked for it, and I was like, I watched. He's the- typing it out now. He's lying. No, He's not. typing it and right this now. Is the one with the phone. <laughs> out um but i was just like nothing, they don't know that nothing really nothing really caught my eye i was waiting yeah. for it and it just it just not no, no line that i really felt was worth repeating on a podcast so that's that's me um you yeah, know what my fine. favorite that's, line that's is totally all, the, all the all the passive aggressive shit said by that jaded ass koala i fucking loved that guy <laughs> and i loved the, i like the impl- the older i get the more i like that character yeah well, and what a lot of people don't know is koalas are actually motherfuckers like they're really vicious but the the eucalyptus that they're constantly eating sedates them koalas are stoned out of their minds constantly and that's why they're chill animals yeah so this koala was not receiving proper care yeah he wasn't getting and so to me the the implication was uh that he's he's being a fucking asshole because he's having fucking withdrawals from his (laughs) eucalyptus eye yeah um Mm -hmm. and so you know what i'll change my favorite line um to anything said by the jaded koala i liked him all right very good uh vanessa do you have one or do you want me to go uh you go ahead and go because i'm trying to find what it actually most mostly for the delivery i did want to give a little bit more love to john candy here always when he's in the hospital they uh they give him a back brace to fix his uh no they gave him a busted back it's a cane it's it is a uh, back straightener but it's really just a cane but they shoot it into his harness aggressively it's shut up and and, um he just he just 
gets the cane shot into his back and he says, Oh, I've been skewered. I think I legitimately thought I he it. might have been skewered as a child. Because that was when, God. like, my sense this of dread was, like, porn. the most, like, I was like, oh, These no, they're going to shove that pole know. up him. And they thought the um, boobs in the rescuers was pornographic. Yeah. Hold on. I, I did also like when he said, Ugh, I feel like my head's in a vice. <laughs> and then his head's in his vice. He's just like, oh, no. Vanessa, yeah. do you have a, do you have a favorite uh, one of my love? Terrific. I mean, really, it's just when McLeach is asking Joanna if he's, if she stole his eggs and he goes joanna did you steal my eggs Uh-oh. she's been saying that since we watched it i i also <laughs> uh one of my like favorite things and then this has stayed with me like i i've done ropes courses all over the place i've you know uh when people have a harness hooked up in the back and they have a body harness and they have like a top harness and they're falling you know, they're being lowered to the ground or some from some height, like, rappelling down, but they're hooked up in the back. I always see Joanna being lowered down to the nest. And just, like, exactly. them, like, arms and legs just there. You're just kind of Dangle. flopping around. <laughs> and I just immediately, to the point that I have to, like, concentrate if I'm the one who's belaying them, to be like, stop it and pay the fuck they're attention. They're not getting eggs. <laughs> they're not getting eggs. Do not drop them because you see a lizard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. And that scene as well, like, always runs through my head. But as I'm, yeah, as I see people being lowered to the ground, I'm like, Joanna, did you get them eggs? <laughs> Eleven. Sorry, I tried to be nice and pet Eleven, and but I scared the out. shit out of our dog. She jumped up and whacked the elliptical trainer. Um, she did not get her I eggs. I was trying to be sweet to her. Eggs? My bad. Um, Greg, what's your critic or score? Ah, oh, man. I I tried to avoid the nostalgia bias, as I've said before, but uh, that never really seems to work, honestly. I think this, this, this works really well without a nostalgia bias, as someone who didn't have one for it. Yeah, we keep watching the good movies, or like my favorite movies from childhood, and they keep turning out to be also really good. So I gave this one, or kept this one at, a 36 out of 40. Nice. Very, very, very high ratings. Um, I I gave it a 41 out of 50, um, which is a pretty high rating. Um, I'll say. You know, I didn't like it in childhood. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't my type of thing. Um, And I I still stand by my childhood self. I don't think my childhood self missed out on on this. I just don't think I would have liked it. As an adult watching it with, like, a critical eye of animated movies, I thought it was really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> like, I, it, it was just... When I was a kid, I didn't like The Iron Giant. I didn't like Anastasia. You know, like, just these more kind of kind of grittier animated movies. I wanted the bright colors. I wanted the songs. Um, I wanted Robin Williams as the genie. You know? Like, that, that was me as a kid. Um, this was not my type of thing growing up, but I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was uh, probably... One of the better animated movies I've ever seen. It was really yeah. good. Uh, yeah, very nice. Vanessa, you don't have a Critiker, but I don't know. Do you want to give it a star rating? Um, I will give it, I don't know, 4.3 stars out of 5. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Pretty solid. That's a 43 out of 50 on yeah. the Denny Critiker scale. Yeah. I, I think yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, so I, I have an older brother, um, and he got to set what we watched a lot. And so, like, unless I was by myself watching a Disney movie... Oh. I usually was watching something that was more actiony, mm-hmm. like like something like this. This is one that we would both watch. 
um, together. So that's that that makes sense to me that I'm like, oh, yeah, we did like like these more like um, the mouse gray mouse detective mm-hmm. this this has similar mm-hmm. vibes to mm-hmm. me like great mouse, which i love yeah. I, I love the gray mouse detective that's a great movie it is underrated it is hey man i'm greg this is danny we're gonna jump on the seamless edit you want to come do you want to come uh it sounds like you guys need a leader yeah yeah all right a <laughs> <laughs> lot, lot of uh i was gonna say australian but then i realized tyka's from new zealand mm. so a ah, lot of, we're a doing lot of Australian adjacent on this episode. The New Zealanders. Are we going we to love riot. our New Zealand. We love our New Zealand filmmakers. New Zealand's better um, than Australian, for sure. Oh wait, oh, ooh. Huh? Well, What's your favorite Australian movie? Australia from Baz Luhrmann. I was about to say Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the Hugh Jackman thing. I don't know if you know this, but uh, X Men. Peter Jackson directed a pretty notable movie in Australia. It's Dead called. Alive. Uh, dead alive <laughs> we yeah, covered it on this say, podcast uh, it was actually in new zealand was it really so yeah yeah peter <laughs> jackson's a kiwi he yeah i know everything in like wellington i know Auckland. you think you think i don't know that mm-hmm. you think i don't know that Auckland. i totally know that i will not be coerced i'm just saying like Keep it in. we've got people need to know Taika Waititi, he's adapting, you know, some comic books into film. Peter Jackson, also from New Zealand, famous for adapting books into film. We all liked the lovely bones. So we're here to talk about Best gimmick of the Thor yeah. Ragnarok, ladies and gentlemen. Stanley Tucci. Fantastic in that. Mm. Ragnarok? No, nah, in Lovely Bones. In Lord of the Rings. So, <laughs> the Ragnarok, it won our audience poll. You guys voted for this. Greg, this like is our first No, Greg, can, can I ask you a serious question? The audience doesn't almost, know this. Almost 50% vote. Yeah, Mind-fucking blowing. Mind-fucking blowing. Yeah. I, is it because I said it would break my heart if it won? Probably. It didn't break my heart. The I was, like, actually blown you. away. But does, do, do, does the audience hate me? Maybe. <laughs> I think they're tired of your weird shit. Nah, I mean, almost me. everyone's tired of my weird shit. That's not that's never stopped me yeah, from anything no. before. <laughs> you you are your weird shit. That's the thing. That's the way if you I hate am. it, if they hate that, they hate you. That's just the way it is. Exactly. And to quote I... Weezer <laughs> If you don't like it, you can shove it. It's what I like about you. If you don't like it, you love um, it. <laughs> yeah, that's a red okay. album quote. What about it? Or to quote Macho Man Randy Savage on radical acceptance. You may not like it, but accept it. And yes, I have said that to clients in the Macho Man voice. It's good. Rat, what was it? What was it from? Macho Man Randy Savage on radical acceptance. It's really Ratitude acceptance. Ratatouille acceptance. Ratitude acceptance. That's another Weezer album. <laughs> All right. Uh, God damn it. All right. We're 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 no two, no I didn't get to ask you the important question we're two or three I didn't get steps to ask away you my oh yeah yeah serious question Greg <laughs> I'm get you back on. Greg have you finished Thor Ragnarok at the time of this recording um it says here I got twelve minutes and fifty seconds left uh there's some credits in there though Greg has been watching Ragnarok during our edits <laughs> I was I was gonna watch it today and, like during downtime and then there was way less downtime 
than I than it, I thought. It's happened to me too, but I just say sorry, Greg. We have to start the podcast way later than you want to. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, tonight I was the guy starting it later. Uh, can, that's that's my can bad. Can we everybody. get live commentary on the last ten minutes of Ragnarok from you? Let's just stream <laughs> it. Just start playing it, and that'll be the intro. Yeah, I'm sure Disney will love yeah. that. Um, Greg, I want you to uh, synopsize. Speaking, speaking it. of Disney, speaking of Disney, you can watch Thor Ragnarok on Disney Plus because they own everything except, except for... like ninety percent of the other movies we watch. Yeah. I guess. Hey, uh, if own... it's made by Disney. It's already been pretty well covered by other random mm. white dudes in their 30s on their movie podcast. So we, we yeah, try to give that's... you a little something different. This is the first MCU movie we've ever done. And, yeah, you know, when we when... ever will do. I don't know. We There's, there's some other good ones. I, I don't, I get bored with I'll, the I'll MCU, do a, but I don't I'll do a shit on it as a concept. You know, yeah, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd like to do Guardians one day. I could ah, see us doing yeah, yeah. maybe I, I Iron Man that. 1 or Civil War or, dude. Or Infinity War, like holy shit, man! Yeah. Infinity War is pretty good. I like it a lot. Endgame, I'd I'd watch that and cry again. I would talk about Endgame to give a balanced perspective on it. Yeah, there's a lot of things I like about it, and there's a lot of things that I think are sloppy as fuck about totally. it. Totally. Um, but I do think it is like you you watch you watch Endgame and you see eleven years of build into mm. one movie. Don't act like it's not impressive, you yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah. right or wrong for the betterment or the the detriment of cinema in general. Don't act like Endgame isn't an impressive feat, you know, because <laughs> like, totally. it is. Um, totally. All you have to do is have infinite money and own every IP and you too could pull off something like <laughs> Endgame. Um Anyway. This- <laughs> and DC said, Let, we'll try our best. <laughs> next week wonder woman 1984 Uh, all right uh nope (laughs) just kidding i will be gone you know what feminism is kind of like exceptionalism in the sense so thor ragnarok is (laughs) greg someone gregor vanessa summarize this movie synopsize it please yeah this this is basically thor in space yeah asgard is a place a planet isn't thor always in space in some way Liam Hem, Chris Hemsworth, which Hemsworth? Chris. Chris Hemsworth has a face, and a sister apparently. Oh man, I I well, don't really know that. You you guys know the plot. You you slog through these other six boring ass Marvel movies to understand every nuance of the plot of this movie. So you already get what's going on here. Yep. <sighs> I'm done. All right. <laughs> Led Led Zeppelin's here. <laughs> Boy, are they! Yeah, I, I, I'm just tired of trying to like remember all the plot Greg, points. We all know that you haven't seen the last ten minutes, and that's why you're avoiding giving a synopsis. Yeah, my relationship with this movie is I saw it once, maybe four years ago. Thought it was pretty good, and then I watched it uh, again today and right now, and I thought it was a little bit better than the first time I watched it. Which Good times, yeah. Now that we have the, yeah, exactly. So I think Vanessa and I sequels that are better. Vanessa and I have both the same and a very different relationship with this movie, if I'm not mistaken, because it came out when we were like literally the brokest we've ever been. <laughs> yes. Um, and so we missed most movies that came out in 2017 because mm-hmm. at that time in our life, like legit. If it wasn't oh, either... Sorry, guys. The movie just ended. 
I'm ready to talk about the movie. Oh, good, go, Greg. Good. <laughs> okay. Oh, but there's a post-credit scene. Keep there talking. There are actually two post-credit scenes. There's two scenes. post-credit scenes. I'm gonna watch all the credits. You're right. We can't. <laughs> we all can't right, you're the broke discuss as... Thor Ragnarok. But he you guys can. are broke. A- <laughs> broke AF. <laughs> We're broke as fuck. Yeah. In 2017, literally, if a movie wasn't on a streaming service, a kind person we knew paid for and gave us the password to. Yeah. Available at the UNT Media Library or available at the Denton Public Library. Mm-hmm. We legit couldn't watch it. We weren't seeing it. And, and Ragnarok was like a big one that we felt like we really missed out on. Like yeah. we, there That was a time in our life when like we would tell our friends we can't afford to do that. And like we'd be like, I don't think you understand us. I know, we're getting down to, like, literally $20 in our shared account yeah, before like, payday. Yeah. Like, we were it, like it, was, I, I, it was grim. I think you're hearing mm-hmm. we, sh- we it would be wise of us not to spend this money. Yeah. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying they won't let us into the movie theater because we don't have those funds in yeah, our bank account. Yeah. Like we, they, we cannot purchase We literally can't go to do mm-hmm. this. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they, they will not allow it. No, we, They'll say no yeah. and we'll be sad about the gas we waste yeah exactly <laughs> we also don't have the gas to waste yeah so we, Both yeah. <laughs> we don't get paid for two days so we're playing snowbird a, a year or two later we were on our annual galveston trip with uh friends of the show troy and ariel stewart mm. um and well we went to the beach we that day them. and vanessa and ariel were filled with a lot of energy because they took like an hour and a half nap on the beach while me and troy played in the ocean mm-hmm. i was spent as fuck like it was like one of those times where like when we're at dinner that night i can hear myself being a miserable bastard you know like i know i'm being snippy and short and irritable and i don't want to be that way and yet i'm having trouble not doing it you know like that's that's how depleted i am that i'm like i'm not treating people i love well and i don't like that and yet i I can't stop i can't rally you know um, I, I knew I was being a dick and constantly apologizing. And I just like, I just couldn't hold it together and be nice. I was just so exhausted from a grown ass man day at the beach, essentially. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so we go back to our Airbnb that night and everyone's like, Hey Denny, why don't you just take a few minutes, buddy? Um, I go and nap for like 15 minutes while Ariel and Vanessa go get, Thor Ragnarok from the nearest red box. Um, And I'm like, no, I will see this movie. I'm going to do it. And so I rallied and I'm in and out of sleep watching it, but I was awake for most of it to know I loved it. But this was the first time that I watched it all the way through. Uh, Like, like in a good place, at least Mm. I I knew it was a good movie. I remembered the plot, yada, yada. remembered a lot of funny jokes, but um, really liked it this time around. I also liked it even more because I wasn't such a miserable bastard uh, for for watch for the time I watched it. Yeah. Vanessa, is that is that your relationship or is there more? Um, I mean, I think that I've seen it at least another time since then. Um, yeah, it was one that we definitely wanted to see. We just hadn't done it. It was that and like the um, that that one and the um, what's it called? The, the Spider movie, Spider-Man movie. Into the Spider-Verse? No, we, we saw that one in theaters. There was a different one that we didn't see. The first Spider-Man one. Um, Far From Home. Homecoming? From, oh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We that missed was a good that one, one as well. That, yeah. that was another one that was just like... Wasn't really because we were poor. It's because we were just busy as hell. Like, yeah, we were we so busy. I also... Years. I didn't trust it. 
Yeah. I, I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm sure that the fourth Spider-Man reboot in as many, in as many years is good this time. Oh, yeah, you know, here's, like, here's the thing. It yeah. actually was. Exactly. Yes. Let's your phones because okay. this I feel like this works better with you having the mic on your ear. Would oh, you that agree? makes sense. Denny Denny pops the mic and I talk quietly. Yeah. Um so um yeah, but I, I think I wanna say that I've seen it at least one other time, maybe twice. I, I sometimes will just put on like I, I think that I, I like Marvel movies more than you do. Definitely, you um, definitely do. It's yeah. it's one of those that I, I think that I've watched through all of them at least once. No, I haven't seen the the Iron Man. I've seen Iron Man one, but I've actually I don't know that I've seen it all the way through. I haven't seen any of the Iron Man movies all the way through. I, I do. Know Other than Iron Man one, you're not missing That's anything because I've seen them all. And Iron Man one was kind of a tastemaker, and uh, I've seen the first. Then it made 30 too minutes. much of its taste. I've seen the first thirty <laughs> minutes of Iron Man one probably 40 times because it was on like tbs <laughs> or some shit like that like very funny over and over and over and over again like i just kept in college or something like that like kept getting mm-hmm. the first few minutes of it like until that thing blows up the missile i've seen that first bit so many times um anyway two but and for, three are entirely forgettable bullshit yeah i i've never seen either of them um but also, but I, I I really really liked Ragnarok. Um, I love Taika Waititi. I I think it's just such a fun movie. Um, so I've definitely seen it a couple more times than you have probably. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Oh, also, what's what's everyone's relationship with Thor one and two? That's a good question. I feel like we kind of need three? to say it. This is this I is want three. it. We're doing oh. three. Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. is three. I that was I was literally about to ask. Did this one come out before the Dark World? or after, after. so after. It, this this came out after yeah. okay third, thank god third installment um not dark i'm i'm rough i was about to say i'm not watching that miserable piece of shit like i've i've never heard anyone say a decent word about it and i'm never going to see it no it's bad that's it's one of my issues with marvel movies is just like to get to fully appreciate the good ones you got to watch the bad ones and i'm i'm just not going to do it so they're always just going to be kind of okay. Well, honestly, I think in in Endgame, you see it better than it was. Like, you, you see the important parts of Thor Dark World, and it's better. Like, they, they fixed how shitty it was by doing they that They needed to fucking rally. Like... And that's coming from someone who... I, I didn't... Honestly, I saw, I saw Dark World in a theater in Canada while I was in wrestling school. I didn't give a shit. I, I wasn't like offended by it like everyone else was. All that goes to say, now, I think I saw that in 2013. It's 2022 now. Holy shit, that's almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a single thing about it. Like, I, I literally can't remember anything about Thor the Dark World other than it was more on Asgard than on Earth. Yep. Like, that's dark elves. And from this movie, I'm assuming Thor's mom died. Yes. And, 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 it, I, I don't even remember that. It just, she's not in the third one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it was like, yeah, dark mm-hmm. elves or some stuff like that. And they, like, they killed her for reasons, I don't know, yeah. to give Thor a better arc. Yeah. Um, I, and I saw the first one, like, it must have been 10, 11 years ago. I don't. I hardly remember anything about it. I just remember really not liking it very much. It was not very like at good. all. I, I didn't I didn't hate the first one. 
it is one of the more generic formulaic marvel movies yeah i will say i don't understand how like despite making a a, a fairly boring character like thor inherently um which chris hemsworth is great for this character just a great match between actor and role mm-hmm. and they gave him just like some ch- like i remember him like slamming the beer mug on the ground the and cup, saying yeah another like you know like, like coffee yeah he's in that it, it had some charming moments like that mm-hmm. um but also, like, I was like, how did you completely neutralize a performer like Natalie Portman? Yeah. You know, like, someone who, like, can act <laughs> her fucking ass off and has range and can be funny and dramatic and mm-hmm. sympathetic and intimidating. She can do all these things. How did you write a character so bland that she's forgettable? And then, you know, God bless Kat Dennings. I've got no beef with the performer. I hate her MCU uh, character. It's so terrible. They just on WandaVision in all the Thor movies. Oh yeah. Just like literally they gave her they like I feel like every line that they wrote for her they were like, "Okay, remember, she's smart and she's sarcastic. And that has to be part of everything she says and there can be nothing more to that." So, uh, like Cat Dennings is probably most famous for these roles now and I actually think Cat Dennings is a fine and dandy performer. I cannot stand her annoying fucking MCU character. Yeah. Like one of the worst characters in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like drives me fucking up a wall. And so those are kind of my takeaways from Thor is that it's generally a generic movie. Um I probably would never have watched it if I didn't want to watch it before I saw Dark World with some friends. I watched yeah. them the same day and I was like, this is this is all right. I also don't remember very much about it. And I'm going to be honest, if you've never seen any of these, just start at Ragnarok. Yeah. Like- <laughs> you could just, you could just mm-hmm. skip them. Know that Thor is like the god of Asgard and that um, Loki is also a god of Asgard and he's kind of a, a, a tool. Yeah. That's like literally like, the whole backstory maybe, that I feel like you need. Maybe the first one, so you have a little bit of background on like who Loki is, because then that comes up in Avengers and like yeah. stuff like that. But like, yeah, you definitely do not need to see Dark World for yeah. really any context. I feel like that's like completely yeah. erased from the MCU. Thor Dark it's World. not totally, but like enough. It it is enough. Like I yeah. mean, like they brought Loki back. Yeah. Without any sort of consequence. Totally. Like they always do with Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor's mom is in Endgame. You know, like, it's just like... Yeah, but like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dark World is pretty inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, other than just like being <laughs> horrible to Natalie Portman's character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, they just, and they just fucking dumped that shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh no, it's that we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, they uh, they broke up. And it we was know mutual. all of you nerds wondering about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get an answer. Yeah, no, we <laughs> we do get an answer. They broke up. Well, yeah, but like, that's the most we're going to address it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Absolutely. yeah, her. You may have noticed she's not here. Uh-huh. You are correct. She is not here. She is not here. <laughs> you know, like up. it's essentially all they gave us for yeah. for Natalie Portman. She realized she had Star Wars movies and Star Wars money and fucked off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good on her. Good yeah. on that. Nat- Natalie Portman is a fantastically talented yeah. actor. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong no, on definitely. that. It's just like that character is so bland that mm-hmm. I don't I don't really know that even like someone the caliber of Natalie Portman could like make it interesting. Natalie There's Portman to make not interesting. great with like or franchises don't know what to do with her. 
Yeah, they know they know she's like famous for being a good actor. Yeah. So she keeps getting these big money movies, Mm -hmm. and then they give her these absolutely nothing characters to work with. You know, like and I don't even blame her. I'm like, get your bag, girl. Yeah. Get that bag. Get the fuck out of here. Go make Black Swan for fun. Yes. (laughs) Like you fucking rule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And go go do more Lonely Island shorts. They're great. They're fantastic. Both of them fan fucking tastic. Mm-hmm. She's hilarious when she when she, she she's a real good sport when it comes yes. to like self reflection. Absolutely, her between two ferns is wonderful. So good. Like mm-hmm. she's she's I just love Natalie Portman. She's awesome, but she's also not in this movie. So yeah, fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> so that's our relationship with the entire Thor franchise. Um, yeah, definitely yeah. sucks by and far. <laughs> well, like n- not even getting into gimmicks, is... but like this, it is like first place when second is sitting in a heaping pile of shit well dude like, this is like this is not even a sequel that's better than the original this is a complete reimagining and resurrection of a completely dead brand yeah Era- erasure of an original yeah. like it, yeah. it just just dicked on it you know and like, like it's it's a it's a director who knew how to use like these characters like remembered that we were watching a comic book made to life yeah. and knew how to use Chris Hemsworth's like levity and silliness yes. and Thor's like kind of being a dumb spoiled prince like yeah. that that whole character as well but like yeah he's well, kind of an innocent like golden retriever boy like well that's kind of thing Thor's like, a himbo and this he, he's absolutely a himbo mm-hmm. and a charming one at that yeah, absolutely when, when you're that are. hot and that charming you can be a himbo um but um, like that's what I really took away from this movie was the writing, um, in which Taika didn't write it. Write it. Taika, he's not Taika Waititi. He's he's Taika Directiti. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he, I don't think he makes pornos, but um, <laughs> all that goes to say, would watch. Um, the writing of Thor and all the characters and the general tone of the movie was so different mm-hmm. um, that it literally took Thor from one of the most nothing characters in the MCU to to me like the most emotionally powerful basically his arc between ragnarok and endgame makes me cry Mm -hmm. like i've said like just like when he realizes he was always worthy even at the bottom of his life Mm -hmm. dude that shit i've talked about in therapy about like how i felt like a fat out of shape nothing broken version of my former self and like coming to terms with my worthiness and citing like Avengers Endgame as something that helped me fucking understand that, you know, like, um, and like, man, you know, the only MCU movie I give a shit about that I may ever see again in a theater and pay money for whatever as guardians of the galaxy ends up being like, you know, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the one thing I walked away from Endgame being like, I want more, you know, like I, I love, the complete reimagining of Thor, the character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Cause like, man, this like invincible privileged fuck boy that just like faces everything with no challenge essentially. Yeah. Um, except his challenge is to love an earth woman bored. Um, he gets like, he gets brought so low between Ragnarok and mm-hmm. Endgame, just yeah. like watching a man lose everything and just like be changed in powerful ways because he used to be an arrogant ignorant prick you know the earth archetype would be a rich boy you know just like 
a rich boy who had everything handed to him and it's like yeah you're good but it's the classic you were born on third base and think you hit a home run mm-hmm. you're cocky yeah. you're self-absorbed yeah and he this gets- shit has been easy for you so you think it's easy mm-hmm. you know like and then yeah. just seeing him get brought so low in the trenches like yes i just think lesser directors and writers would have never went there mm-hmm. like this that's well, what makes like he's something superman special. that we like like yes. he's, he's essentially this like god-like figure i mean he is yeah he's an asgardian god mm-hmm. on earth he's he's a normal human on his own planet but even that like he's a rich he's a rich asgardian yeah but they're they're all strong they've got you know he's got some special stuff but yeah. and he uses like he uses that birthright and privilege to do good but yeah. like yeah he also takes it for granted absolutely yeah, like it's just he's kind of good natured mm-hmm. loki's kind of not yeah that's like literally the depth of the morality in that you exactly. know like exactly. until we get to ragnarok yeah. right yeah yeah um greg you've been quiet for a while what's up what are, what are your what are your thoughts leading into this discussion this may be the only time for a long time we do the mcu so i'm totally down to give it some space yeah, I I don't really have a lot of notes. Like the the Thor character, I don't know. I don't think I have a lot of thoughts there. I I love your connection with it. And I think that's awesome. I I love um everything you said about it and your connection with uh your relatability with that, especially like through Endgame and just like the evolution of the MCU, just like allowing directors to explore characters and not just like having them do the comic book thing to get them from point A to B, point A to point B, just filling in that story with just a bunch of filler nonsense is what a lot of the like origin story movies kind of feel like, like, no, oh, we kind of have to do it sort of thing. That's what like the first couple movies felt yeah. like. And Ragnarok is one of the only times that a director is allowed to bring his personality to one of the projects yes. in Taika Waititi. His like it's are just all over this mm-hmm. shit. You know like, it's a Taika I, movie. I, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> so I, clear. I feel like I'm watching some what we do in the shadows with like like that sort of personality but with like, you know, obviously completely different subject matter and but just like still a sim- pretty similar personality. I mean, like from our beginning scene with like him talking to Surtur, and then as he's spinning around, we get those like comedic moments of him being like, "Oh wait, wait, hold up, sorry, this I'm not even trying to do this. I'm just okay, okay, keep That's going." So no. Tyka's like, humor. It's, it's so to the point good. that I was like shocked when I found out he didn't write it. Yeah, because I was like, "That's so what you write," mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like. Right. Either the writers knew him really well or he had some directorial input in the writing. Like, one of the two. And that's what's important about humor. Like, they try to inject humor in these movies. And like you were talking about with Kat Denning's uh, character, they just try to, like, throw smart, smarmy sarcasm at you Mm -hmm. in a flat tone and just (laughs) expect that to make the audience laugh. And it's just like, when it's... uh, it's more about the delivery of what's being said than what's actually being said. Like a a dumb quip that's just kind of stated is super boring and just it's not going to get a laugh or anything. Well, and that's but... that's the thing too is like normally I think the comedy and the quips they serve like this like what what am I trying to say here? I feel like they make fun of the audience for caring. Mm. 
I feel like they're like making fun of me for giving a shit. Because they're like, dude, this is just like dumb superhero bullshit. Were you getting emotionally invested? None of this matters. We're keeping it lighthearted. And that's not how they played in Ragnarok. You know, like they were just... It wasn't like they... It's not like they used comedy to apologize for a serious moment happening. Which yeah. is what most of the MCU does. They just like yeah. very organically wove the comedy into all of this because they had funny characters in serious situations. Mm-hmm. So the characters acted funny, yeah. you know, like, yeah. but it didn't really undercut any big important moments. And they also didn't like, they also didn't have to like get real serious mm-hmm. and say, I love you. 3,000. You know, like, which, uh, honestly, that, that was Oof. a good yeah, it's like, yeah, um, let's not make fun of Ilya. I, I'm not making fun of that, yeah. but it's just like, they would like, in like Age of Ultron, they would take times to be like, guys, I don't think you understand this. The people of Sokovia are in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, that's actually one of the better threads of the MCU. I don't know why I'm making fun of all the good shit. All that goes to say... it's the stuff that's stuck in your head. It's the stuff that stuck yeah. with me because it's actually good. Of, like, yeah. the question of, like, hey, these superheroes are, you know, destroying people's homes and mm-hmm. murdering hundreds of thousands yeah. all to kill one big baddie. Is that really worth it? You're, you're talking about the shit in, like, Guardians 2 that we hated. That God. was just, like, quip, 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 Damn, quip, quip. Do Nothing I made Guardians sense. Too. They were giving a storyline, and then here's another quip, and, oh, here's another quip. We heard you like quips. Have we quipped yet? Here's another quip. Yep. And I don't... Like at a certain point, I don't even blame Joss Whedon. I blame, I blame the the studio algorithm that we mentioned earlier in the episode that has no regard for context. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're just like, oh, people always want to see this in every movie they ever see if it was part of a movie that made money. Yeah, and it's like, no, people want to see good movies. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy was a good movie. That doesn't mean we want every movie to be Guardians of the Galaxy shit. Yeah. It's the same with Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Halloween, mm-hmm. um, and all the fucking stupid holiday-themed slashers that people paid millions of dollars to make. Yeah. No one. It's not you're you're a fucking idiot if you're trying to like break down the cosmetics of it and mm-hmm. replicate it. Like mm-hmm. people liked it because it was a good movie. You know, yeah. like that's that's why they liked it. Make more good movies. You'd be surprised how much money they'll make. <laughs> you know, like that's that's where I stand. Yeah, I. Th- I I've, I don't know. I just gotta say, like they don't. the The MCU is kind of a tricky balance between the ones that you're supposed to take seriously and the ones you're supposed to, you know, be having more fun you with. Ant Man and the rest of them. Oh Jesus, that's that was literally my example. <laughs> um, Ant Man doesn't know what it is, right? Like that's one of the like, biggest. How do you fuck up Paul Rudd, anyways? <laughs> It's like He's the most over-the-plate home run there is yeah. in in the movie industry today. What a waste of charm! Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you just, it's equally hard, I think, to make a fun movie that you're going to genuinely have fun with with like this subject matter, as it is to make a movie that you're genuinely going to take seriously. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know who took Black Widow seriously, for example. Apparently like, millions re- of people, and I have not met one of them. <laughs> yeah, apparently like, millions apparently. of people. Have you seen it, Greg? 
Uh, I watched half of it. I, I promise I'm going to finish it eventually, but I said that for the last four weeks yeah. or so. I will probably never so, watch it, despite I, I my love like, for Scarlett Johansson yeah. and David Harbour. I could not give less of a shit about the it Black was, Widow movie. It's, it's well made, but it just feels like it doesn't have a soul. Sure. No, I, I totally There's agree. a very... Like, the only metaphor I can really come up with... like. Black Widow dies at the end of spoilers and dies in Endgame, mm-hmm. right? There was a couple years ago, there was a big COVID outbreak for one of the. I think uh, you recall it. Yeah, you may remember. Like specifically, one of the NHL teams uh, had a huge outbreak on their team, and they got a bunch of games delayed, mm-hmm. and they weren't very good that year. They didn't make the playoffs. But, you know, since so many people were out for so long, they got all their regular season games pushed back, like, a long while. And the playoffs for the NHL had already started, and this team was still playing regular season games, like, makeup games, with other teams that didn't make the playoffs. That's what Black Widow feels like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the endgame story is wrapped up, the character we already know the how it ends for the character we're watching Mm -hmm. even if it's a great game or a great movie how on earth am i supposed to care about this definitely and that's that's... it's it's too little too late with that but i i I liked it like i didn't dislike it i liked it fairly fine in in the context of the movies but it was was i I doubted that it was like a piece of garbage but i just had no motivation to watch it and i still don't you know like i'm just like of the thousands upon thousands of movies i could watch in Mm -hmm. my free time i'm not gonna pick black widow you know like uh, yeah to to borrow from another podcast it's basically of what if we made a marvel movie about frowning and it's just it's just too damn serious, well, but man. See, yeah. like, that's also the thing that I think makes Marvel movies so generic and boring in so many ways is like, therefore the lowest common denominator of like global cross-cultural marketing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make like a Texan and like a Hong Kong native relate to the same thing. And because of that, you got to keep it pretty overarching you know like you got to keep it widespread um and that like why why is this fucking nation of like fucking ethnocentric white people essentially like that's not what our nation is comprised of but it is what the coagulation of power is comprised of um why are why are we trying to make people from different cultures relate to our art when their cultures are completely different. And I know the answer to that question is money to make money off of them. Mm. Um, but like, we just like, it, it just like when you're trying to make something that literally everyone in the world would like, you're going to lose a lot of nuance. Sure. And that's, what's so kind of cool about Ragnarok is that it is bold and it takes risk. And it's also something that no one was asking yeah. for. No mm. one was like, I love the Thor franchise, but just spice it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, yeah, we can I, pretty I didn't much not realize... fuck with this anymore. We're fine with it. And I didn't realize I was asking for it. Well, that's the thing. You get something you didn't know you wanted because a uniquely talented filmmaker from New Zealand gets power and a budget mm-hmm. and gets to put his fingerprints on it. And guess what? Everyone liked it. 
when you stopped trying to make something that would appeal to everyone, it was actually a big success when you just tried to make something fun to watch. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, because that's, it ruled. That That's, like, at the core of filmmaking. Like, you can just sit around and say, like, if we hit points A, B, and C and sprinkle in points 1, 2, and 3, R-E-S-P-E-C-T or whatever... Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll hit the winning formula, we'll hit the jackpot, it will get everybody, we'll corner every single market, we'll fill that Venn diagram or that pie chart or whatever. Well, it's, it's, it's just like, it's th what, the core of what makes a good movie good is, like, somebody caring about making something with their yes. own personality. People, like, he's, ex YT is, like, expressing his personality as much as he can with like marvel property on the screen and the majority of people are receptive to that because he's got a very magnetic and cool and energetic personality yeah, with like a keen sense of humor taika waititi and, is an unbelievably talented filmmaker so if you let yeah, him make a movie and do his thing it's gonna come out pretty fucking good yeah I'm not I'm not even talking about his filmmaking. I'm talking about his personality. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's expressing cool he's expressing his personality like just how cool he is and it's it's coming through when you're allowing it to come through instead of like trimming off the charm to add a little sarcasm mm -hmm. or trimming off the relatability to add you know some some other element to try to hit every single corner you're just like robbing the personality but like personality is what drives through all of that and it's crazy how he does you, a good job of making it come through apologize for your uniqueness people like that yeah when you don't apologize mm -hmm. for taking what you did seriously people like that mm -hmm. you know like it's and it's like a it, it's also like a just a injection of like fun colors and brightness yes in like this oh like God, the yeah. MCU is like the the late <laughs> Harry Potter movies. Like it just gets fucking darker and darker and darker and you're like, Where's the brightness on my screen? Can I please turn this up because I can't see what's going on because it's mm -hmm. so dark? And then we get something like Ragnarok that's like fun, bright and colorful, but still has so much heart. Yes. Um, I felt things. Yeah, absolutely. I felt things watching this movie. Speaking of feeling things. I'm about to get on mm. a soapbox for a second. Step up on it, girl. Step, Take, step uh, up on it. Okay, so we get Thor going to, what's that place called? Nowhere, essentially. Ragnarok. Um, what? No, Nowhere is, uh, is, is, is Guardians. Are you talking about Jeff Goldblum's weird planet of trash yeah. and fighting? Sakaar. Sakaar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sakaar. Um, so he gets he gets dropped in Sakaar by his older sister, who definitely looks a lot more like Loki and and her than than thor does Kate blanchett rules Dude, guys Kate blanchett's she was great. so good she was great in this movie. um but yeah i i do Didn't love that her both her and all -time loki look way more like each other than thor does like he kind of looks like <laughs> he's, Odin. He's, he's too handsome <laughs> he's like the outlier of like the actual son it's like are you sure that loki's the one that's adopted um, <laughs> i never thought about that before, yeah but you're 100 um, right <laughs> anyway so she pitches them off the rainbow road um, which everyone knows that's the hardest level, so I don't even hold it against, you know, Thor and Loki oh, for falling it. off the Rainbow Road. We all did that's it. That's good. Um, well, it's a shortcut good. if you do it right. Yeah, but it was not. It was not a shortcut this way. They they fell off the wrong spot. Um, but anyway, so they get sent to Sakaar. Well, I guess, honestly, Loki took the shortcut because he's been there for a week. 
is what we hear. And then Thor just lands, but they fall off in the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they're in Sakaar, and he's going to be entered into the Tournament of Champions or whatever, um, Clash of Titans, Kings kings of the Champs. Um, that ter- Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator Tournament, yeah. essentially. <laughs> And we just keep hearing about the champion, and we just keep hearing about it. There's so many breadcrumbs, but we don't know who it is. And it is one of the best reveals in recent history. I'm jumping on this. But they fucking blew it in the goddamn trailer. We all knew that it was going to happen, and it makes me so angry because they set it up so well. Like, can you imagine? what that reveal would have been like in the it was already still good like even though i knew it was coming it was still good but it would have been just solid fucking gold and i have to think that taiko itt was just like crying in his bathroom or something like that when he realized what was gonna happen the way it plays on film makes me think that it wasn't written to be something everyone would know about yeah exactly you get the teases 100 percent the 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 you get the teases of like, oh, the champion, and then you start seeing like some green powder burst, yeah. and maybe you're getting the idea. And then the last line you hear before you see him is the incredible. And then you just bust through the. You wall. don't even ha- hear yeah. what Jeff Goldblum's rest of the exactly. sentence was, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was written like we a were going to keep Mark Ruffalo's involvement a secret. Yeah. I yeah. don't know that it was, but mm-hmm. that's definitely the way it seems. And uh, I get that you've got to sell fucking toys to kids. I get it. But like, I think you could have sold them a month after the movie came yes. out and still made money. Yes. Like, did you need, did you need to put Hulk in the trailer? You fucking blew no. your big surprise. That could have been one of the coolest uh. Holy fucking shit, I can't believe they kept this under wraps. Like, I, I'm not even an anti trailer. I, I know some people out there, and Greg, you're one of those. Yeah, Greg's one of those that, like, Hello. does not like trailers, won't watch them very often, or ever. I don't know, I don't want to speak for you. But this one was literally everywhere. It was, everywhere. It was unavoidable. And, and I'm not even, like, a. You've shown me the best parts of the movie in the trailer. Like, I actually, I, I don't usually seek trailers out, but I we yeah. watch them in the theater and we, like, do a thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Like, we, we like to see yeah. those pieces. I like but, trailers. Yeah. Usually they don't spoil something this big. Exactly. And not only did they spoil Hulk, they spoiled Hulk, Thor's hilarious reaction, yes, which exactly. is one of the funniest lines in the movie of, so good. I know him! We're, We're friends, friends from, from work. work, and you see this like adorable and that now like we've spoiled it. Thor doesn't view the Avengers as like the be all end all of his yeah. existence. It's just like a fun little job he uh-huh. has on the side. Exactly. Like they they just oh mm-hmm. my god! I just I was I feel like I and the the people of the world were robbed. robbed. Yeah. From what would have been just one of Dude. the coolest fucking moments in the history of I've got a. Reveals. I've got to pile on there a little bit because it's not only that. Think of how impactful and like what a gasp you would have given when uh, is it Helen? Helen? Hella? 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 When Hella catches Thor's hammer yes! and shatters it, that is in the is fucking really? trailer. I don't yeah, even I forgot that about that. Yeah. Yes, wow. it was in the trailer. Wow! Like two of the coolest, like. What is setting this movie apart from every other one is just how cool. It's like breaking the rules or like breaking your expectations. And like, you know, the whole Marvel thing is like we're incorporating 
you know, our characters with each yeah. other. A Hulk reveal shouldn't be too surprising, but with the way it's built up in the movie, it actually is incredibly cool and creative. When it's also like, we, or we we're like, seen, like, I forgot that Hulk had flown away. Like, it, it was one of those things that, like, this yeah. was all far the things enough. you remember about Age of Ultron, Hulk fucking yeah, off to when, space like, is not really I haven't seen that one. Oh, you're fine. Well, you're fine. Yeah, sorry I, about honestly, that. Honestly, yeah, exactly. Hot take. <laughs> could have been on this episode because it's better than the original avengers yeah absolutely and it's actually not that great but hot take i think the first avengers movie fucking sucks i don't really like that i much. think it's boring yeah. as shit um it was amazing for what it was in the moment but i was about to you say you got your yeah. one cool moment of them all being on screen together and, and once they were fighting loki yeah. that was kind of cool yeah but jesus christ get yeah. us there for yeah. the love of god uh, it's called the avengers mm-hmm. we know what we're doing Mm-mm. <laughs> like, Mm-mm. Just... i'm gonna i'm gonna take my someone, time with it they need someone to this movie's someone gonna be to two and a half hours god i hate that they need someone to avenge and he doesn't Ugh. like just fucking someone to what that's always my joke i don't know why they're called the avengers because he never finished a sentence yeah. where did they get that name <laughs> i don't i don't know but um <laughs> this is like an mcu hot take content dump from maybe from, yeah from us three like all, yeah all it, of it's the it's been pent up so people are like what movie are they talking about again wait till <laughs> we break our, our, our biggest rule and do star wars one we're day. never doing that we don't do star wars ladies that. and gentlemen um that's we right probably will one day but we don't until we do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we also don't you don't until you do but no i like the that i think is so brilliant like and just seeing, you know, because I, I think that that makes so much more sense, too, of, like, why we haven't heard from Bruce Banner, like, why we don't know where he's gone, because Hulk is the one who's driving the show. Like, yeah. he's he's the one who, like, doesn't really know how to operate stuff, like, Hulk smash, that's it. Yeah. Like, Which, by the way, did y'all feel like, I, I felt this way, did y'all feel like not only the writing, obviously... But the animation for Hulk was way better than in, like, Infinity War and Endgame in Ragnarok. He just seemed a little less CGI and a little more believably real. And I can't... I don't think I really paid attention, yeah, I so I can't know. really say for sure. I, I personally yeah. hate Professor Hulk from Endgame. Um, I, I just... I think this is like, and don't get me wrong. Nice. Good take. Hulk, Hulk is a character that works better in a comic than in a movie. Like, yeah. he just he just is... I'm not saying he's easy to write, but I think Ragnarok is like literally one of the only movies who knew how to write him well, other than the fucking awesome That's My Secret Cap line. You know, like that yeah. fucking rules. Mm-hmm. And him just like ragdolling Loki in Avengers mm-hmm. is easily the best part of the movie. And a great callback to that when, when Loki is yeah. still terrified. Loki of him. having PTSD from That's Hulk. how that feels. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I've got to get off this planet. Yeah. Totally fine to just chill before then, but. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, Tom Hiddleston is Loki. I actually haven't even seen the Disney Plus show because I'm I'm intensely bored with the MCU at this point. I just yeah I haven't seen I, it either I've for only the same seen reason. A couple episodes of it and it was it was pretty good. I honestly like don't dislike it, but it wasn't it wasn't as riveting. I I've heard the people who and they classically will say this and they're probably correct because other things that I watched that is true. But they've it's like you got to get a couple episodes in and then it's really really good and I'm like four episodes in and I'm. Take it or leave it. Like I again, don't yeah. don't hate it, but not like yeah, racing to watch it. What what I was gonna say is that every time I've seen him in the MCU, Tom Hiddleston, 
seems like the only one who really shows up motivated every mm-hmm. time and like really wants to make his role the best it could be. It's like, do you think Natalie Portman took Thor one for the art, or do you think she took it for the money? And I, I don't fucking blame her. I hope she took it yeah, for Jesus the money. Christ, I would think less of her if she took it for the art. If she could, if she could get that MCU money, I respect her for getting it. I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. But like, it's like you know, uh, Chris Evans and uh, and Robert Downey Jr. were pretty open that. By the end of it, they were really fucking sick of being Captain America and mm-hmm. Iron Man. Like they were, they were over. Mm-hmm. It. Tom Hiddleston as Loki seems like he loves the character. You know, like yeah. he shows up and really because he's a character. Really, yeah, well, yeah. Part of that is having yeah. a character, um, and an interesting one at that. Um, he he just I thought he really nailed it in this movie, and I, I think he he puts his best foot forward and acts like he gave a shit every single time he's Loki. And yeah. I, I haven't seen the show, so yeah. maybe I'm when, wrong. And, but. and I also think, too, like, to, to the point of, like, he is a character, like, that is not... I, I think for Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., there's such a merging of their, like... Well, their persona. I won't say mm-hmm. it's their personality, because I don't know them. Um, but from what they project off-screen... Yeah, that's and, true. Like who they are on screen, like those characters seem like a very much like a merging and enmeshment kind of thing of the way that they present to you know public as their selves. Yeah, they're like their characters versus the actual characters in the movies. Whereas like Tom Hiddleston does not present as anything like Loki, other than just like the charmingness that he has, just yeah. like you know mm-hmm. versus this like, it, undercurrent of like I I think it's like fun yeah. for him to play that role. Because it's so different than how he normally is. Well, Loki is—he's such a in wrestling terminology a tweener. Yeah, someone who goes absolutely. D- depending on the context, good mm-hmm. or bad, back and forth, and yeah. like they even acknowledge it in this movie where Thor's like, "Dude, we've been through it. Mm-hmm. You gain my trust. I trust you. You betray me." Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you, as an audience member, you keep wanting to trust Loki. Yeah, you know, like you keep wanting to believe that as Thor says, "There's good in him." Yeah. You keep want, and they just always keep that little thread of, hey, he's not fucking Thanos, people. Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely self-interested and a tricky bastard and yeah. the god of mischief. And you can never fully trust him, but you always want to. Yeah, you always yeah. wish you could because you see, you see the good, mm-hmm. and he keeps trying to make you not see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and yeah. you're like, oh man. If you went, like, anti-hero on us, you know, like, we don't even need you to be a good guy, Mm because that wouldn't be you. But if you went anti-hero, and were just, like, the self-destructive, good in his heart in spite of his desire to be evil, like, you want him to do that. And he just keeps being like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I'm the god of mischief. Mm Mm-hmm. If it benefits me, I'll align with the good guys. But if like, it benefits I, me, I'll fuck them over. You I, know? I like, do think with like this movie in particular, like this is where we see that shift. Um, that he he has this arc that he goes through, like even to the point that like at the very end of the movie, um, you know, he and Thor are on the ship and yeah. he's talking about like he, I can't remember all that Loki says, but he was like, "That'd be really cool," and it'd be really, like, "It's cool to hear that." It would be even cooler if you were in person. Yeah. And he like throws something at him and it bounces off of him and he's like nah I'm here like I'm I'm actually here this is not me just doing a projection yep and then there's like just that cool moment where like and they totally throw it away which was absolutely the right thing to do where he's going to get uh what's the big horned helmet that he has to get oh Surtur's Surtur's Mm -hmm. mask yeah 
Um, and then he just like right as they cut away, he's like, "Oh fuck, an infinity stone! What's this doing here?" Oh, he he sees the tesseract. Yeah, he sees yeah. the tesseract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're just like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. Loki has that now." So even at the end of the movie, they never address it again. It's not mm-hmm. in a post credit scene, but even in that moment, you know he's got a chip. You know, like mm-hmm. you know that. He's playing 4D chess, and he knows something that no one else knows. Which well, we don't see him take it. Yeah, but like, like he notices it. It's it's a nod. We don't. know But he yet. did. <laughs> we know that later, and we were definitely supposed to assume it, mm-hmm. right? Um, he, he's a tricky bastard. Mm-hmm. He he's always trying to be one step ahead, and I would even go as far as to say you don't believe it's completely cynical. Mm-hmm. But, like, the dude just can't help himself. Yeah. Like, it just kind of seems like, it's hey. It's, like, in his nature. A bee's got a sting. I don't I mean, know what to tell he's you. he's the god of mischief. Exactly. Like, it's And that's what Thor says, is, like, at the end of the day, I'm the way I am, and you're the way you are, and I mm-hmm. came to accept that. You know, yeah. like, which is just, like, such cool growth for Thor. You mm-hmm. know, like, that he's, like, my brother! You know, mm-hmm. like, if only you had the good in you! And then Thor has a moment where he's, like, I'm not stressing myself out of this anymore. Mm-hmm. You and I have very different natures. And I would love it if they were the same, but they are not. I can accept that, can you? Yeah. You know, like, which is just a really cool moment for the character, I thought. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the other parts that I really, really love. Um, we haven't even... You talk- guys have been talking about Thor and haven't even mentioned Chef Goldblum at oh, all. Oh, that's so true. I Take thought you were going to say what a pop it would have been to not put him in the trailer when you were talking about that earlier it, like everything man like just oh my god the problem with like these trailers like you guys are saying green puffs of smoke some nitpicking fucking nerd would have been like oh this is gonna be this hulk is gonna be in the movie it's like most of us wouldn't you have can't thought have... of it and then we would have been like oh they were telling us that the green right like they were they were spoiling yeah. it and we didn't realize it yeah, but I don't want to know. I don't. I'm not seeking this information yeah. out. It's just like so much could have been so cool mm-hmm. about this movie if they just like, if I didn't know about it going in, like going into this movie blind, but also having like working knowledge of the MCU, has to be an incredibly special experience. Yeah. But I don't think anybody got. I've never that. met someone who did. And yeah. But it's also like nobody got Jeff that. Goldblum pops up in the credits for Guardians Two, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "What the fuck? That was Jeff Goldblum, wasn't it?" Like yeah. he's just there, and you blink and you miss it, and you're <laughs> like, "Why the fuck was Jeff Goldblum in these credits? That's random." And that in itself, like in this era of like everyone analyzing things on the internet, right? And like you don't have to wait for it to come out on VHS and then rewind over and mm-hmm. over again. You can just instantly find a clip of it online. Wouldn't that have been enough to promote? You know, like, yeah. and I don't know. I'm not a billion-dollar marketing exec. I think to them it probably wouldn't have been. But to someone who just likes movies and will go to see the ones that look cool no matter what, unless I literally don't have the money in my bank account to go do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude him popping up in guardians to me was was a commercial mm-hmm. you know like that was a trailer if you're like wait so clearly they specifically wanted me to know jeff goldblum's in the mcu now mm-hmm. and he plays a yeah, space mcu guy. that's he good plays enough a space guy i'll watch out for him in the movies where they go to space but like okay th- this is my thought okay so 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pull wrestling lore. You guys cool with that? That's fine. So Brock Lesnar walks out of WWE in 2004 to join the Minnesota Vikings after they handed this kid in his early 20s who was a freak athlete the company on a silver platter. Like, just immediately, in the first six months of his TV run, beats The Rock for the world championship on pay-per-view. What the fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's been given everything, he leaves, he goes to the Minnesota Vikings training camp, and everyone's like, you walked away from this shit? to do that then he fucking becomes a world beater becomes like the highest drawing UFC champion in all of history in real fights because Brock Lesnar <laughs> this may shock some of you but Brock Lesnar is not a fake wrestler <laughs> um, all that goes to say um, he was someone that like had lawsuits against WWE burned every bridge squandered you know prodigal son shit right mm -hmm. It's viewed as someone that could, like, never come back. Diverticulitis ends his UFC career. And, the, you know, the day before his return to WWE, a photo leaks of him in a gas station in the same city that WrestleMania was in. And so all the internet fans get the idea, right? They're like, hey, they flew Brock in and Brock hates travel. I think we're pretty far along in negotiations, right? Like, this, this thing that we thought couldn't happen is about to happen. Otherwise, why the fuck would he be in the same city as WrestleMania this weekend? Right. The next, the night after WrestleMania on Raw, they just have the main event of John Cena's just in the ring cutting a promo talking about losing to The Rock. And the whole arena is chanting, we want Brock or like Lesnar, Lesnar, whatever. And then finally his music hits and they blow the fucking roof off the place. Right. Um, mm. and, uh, in an interview with triple H who was, who is an exec now, right? Not just an on-screen talent. They're like, why do you think like people still went crazy if they knew the surprise? Mm. His response was they didn't know. They thought it was going to happen. They expected it to happen, but they did not know it was going to happen until his music hit there was at least a 1% chance of doubt in their mind that, that Brock yeah. Lesnar is not showing up and he just came to Orlando to negotiate and the negotiations fell through. So Triple H's stance was they did not know and they just thought they knew, but mm -hmm. they didn't really know. And then when it was confirmed, we still got this like absolute all-time crowd reaction, mm -hmm. right, of holy shit, we're seeing something that shouldn't be happening right now. You know, like something that we thought was impossible. Why not give us that 1% doubt instead of just showing us in the trailer that they're there? You could even yeah. tell us without telling us, hey, it's not just Thor in this movie. You know, like, you could allude to it, you could all but confirm it. And we still would have popped for Hulk. Mm -hmm. We still would have popped for Jeff Goldblum. But you didn't need to give us the exact lines yeah, and like, the actual reveals. Which, yeah. like, yeah, spoilers for the newest Spider-Man movie. What's it called? Far from uh, No Way Home. No way spoiler, home. spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. No way home. I don't know. Yeah. If you haven't seen it and you care, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Skip forward three minutes. Greg, you've seen it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Like, we all expected Tobey Maguire Right, like we all expected it, but we didn't know. Mm -hmm. And the the moment in that theater 
when Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up, just fucking insanity. And you know what else we didn't expect? Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Yeah. Like, we fucking knew Doc mm-hmm. Ock was back. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. we, we, we got some of it. Yeah. They were like, hey, by the way, That's... we're going to fuck around with a multiverse in this movie. Is that enough to get your ticket? You know? <laughs> like, is that enough for price of admission? They just didn't tell us everything. Mm-hmm. They let us dream. And honestly, I think everyone would have been extremely disappointed if all the all the big names didn't show up. Yeah. But we didn't know they would be there. And it made for that sure. You know, more, like and it was yeah. just so I like I remember like when Toby Maguire showed up, all I could think to do was like I started punching Vanessa's arm mm-hmm. when she was sitting next to me. I was just like <laughs> like just like started punching her because I was so excited. Yeah. I was pretty sure he was gonna be there, mm-hmm. right? Like I just didn't but know still, yeah, that we he didn't would know. be there. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like yeah, that's that that's one of my biggest issues with this movie. Um other things that I love, if we're moving on for that, I don't wanna I feel like I harped on that for a hmm. really long it, time. It was a quite a long Excuse rant. Me. No, Excuse I mean me, not not you, we all kinda did. Um one, like I, I love the addition of like like Korg. Korg is mm-hmm. by and far my favorite character. Uh Tiger mm-hmm. so He's like rock every, rock guy. God, everything that comes out of his mouth is gold. It's just it's it's so great. Um, it's, yeah, it, like, the people in that world, even though they didn't matter that much, they were all very fun. Like, even, even the really, ba- like, side characters, like, like the, um, I don't know, Jeff Goldblum's side, sidekick woman, um, who's in a couple other Taika movies. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Rachel something. Okay, Rachel I, something was great. Yeah, like, she's awesome. I think her name's, like, Topaz or something mm-hmm. in the movie. Booze Hound. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's all, like just all, all, all of his booze hag trash. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, then we've got. I said this to Vanessa while we were watching it. Remember when Tessa Thompson was fucking everywhere yeah. for like two years? She's great. What happened to that? She was awesome. This is honestly probably my favorite Tessa Thompson role. Um, I don't know. I'm looking it up. I'm sure she still gets work, but she was like. All over the everywhere place. relevant for like yeah. two years I, I love her and I, I thought she crushed it in this movie men in black five. Oh, that's what did her. it oh boy i think that's that what was happened, with honestly. uh was that channing tatum or chris hemsworth <laughs> no that was chris hemsworth that was a ragnarok was reunion yeah. i didn't even realize yeah. that well no one saw it so i think uh do you guys want to do some gimmicks? It's almost been three hours and I'm exhausted. Yeah, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's 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 do. Can I just I, say like literally just one more moment and we don't have to do anything with it? Just I. Yeah, yeah. On the Rainbow Bridge, when Thor gets the lightning back and just it, it, the song hits and the lightning, oh. it just the chills that I get through my body of like, I don't care how jaded you are, that is such a good moment like it's just so fucking good mm-hmm. yeah then that's that's all i have to say about that piece hell yeah i love it Gre- the people love it greg what's your level up moment from this movie when you realized it was uh it was something <sighs> i'm not only comparing it to the other thor movies but also the other mcu movies in the similar vein as the other two thor movies 
an honest, actual, honest to God effort to have some fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. Like genuineness goes a long way, doesn't yeah. it? Like that's 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 all it takes. I like I've made plenty of points about director personality shining through and everything like that. It's just like the movie, the MCU movies that attempt to have fun but still like they try to flirt or like play both sides yeah. of the fence. I should mm. say. Of just like we're having fun, but you should also take this really seriously. Just suck so yeah. bad, and like for as many, there's as many good take it serious movies as there are good have fun with it mm-hmm. movies in the MCU, and there's only like a few of each, and then everything there's there's a whole bunch of terribleness in the middle but yeah point made um mine is simply when the first zeppelin song hits like that Mm, is just the moment when you know this is different than the other two thor movies like they have a hit on their hands you know like it just it just communicates so clearly when foreigner song comes on that you're just like oh i think they're about to fucking nail this movie you know like that's Mm -hmm. my like we're on another level like the other two thors don't matter anymore i can't imagine not watching an out of the park home run you know like once that Mm. when they make again when they make the action so much fun and honestly every superhero movie since guardians of the galaxy has tried to replicate you know like 70 song plus space action sequences equals money and this was the Eesh. only time it really felt organic. Um, and that's because they were sowing the seeds for combining the franchises. You know, like, and when 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 Thor shows up in Endgame on a Star-Lord ship, I was just like, I never knew I wanted this. And here it is, so perfect. You know, like, right in front of me. Like, what a what an obvious pairing mm-hmm. that I never saw coming. Thor and the Guardians, right? Yeah. Like, um... So yeah, I don't know. I just as soon as he as soon as they hit that first action sequence and they pay it off at the end by revisiting it. Mm. Just real nice bookend, but that's that's when you know we're fucking with something mm-hmm. way better than what we've what we've seen before from this franchise. Yeah. I I think like similarly to that, it's it's when Thor is spinning around and talking to Surtur um and and he just starts being like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." Sorry, I can't see you. Okay, go ahead, go on. Just, like, those beginning pieces that, like, I remember seeing that and just feeling a sense of, like, this is going to be different. Mm -hmm. This is going to be better. Honestly, I'm not even moving. I'm I'm not (laughs) Just doing it. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. So good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, Gregory, what is your favorite line? Uh, My runner-up has got to be... Our little rock monster saying, Peace off, ghost. Oh, that was my runner-up. <laughs> and that was kicking my the wall. Too. It's yeah. so good. Peace yeah. off, ghost. Yeah. But it's, it's got to be uh, Loki as Odin saying, Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> just real quick. Yeah. Just a real quick, fun little delivery. It just makes for good memes, too. This movie had a lot, is a source of a lot of good Indeed. memes, by yeah. the way. Vanessa, what's your, what's your favorite one? Uh, my favorite line is from Korg. My second, second runner-up was the piss-off ghost. 
um the second Piece yeah the my my actual one is Great. when thor is talking about his hammer um and he talks about it yeah it spinning spinning really fast it would pull me off and he goes oh my god the hammer would pull you off um, <laughs> they snuck that jerk off <laughs> joke in there real it's so good it's really good yeah real slick yeah <laughs> Um, you know, at the risk of my at the risk of my favorite being too obvious, I'm gonna go with uh, a runner-up and then a favorite. My runner-up is Jeff Goldblum's "You're Pardoned" from Life. <laughs> then he kills so the guy. Um, there's also just like so many great little Jeff Goldblum moments where he's like, "A revolution? Oh no! Why'd they do a revolution?" You know, like yeah. I, that's not the exact yeah. quote, but it's. Oh, what a pain in the ass. A revolution. Uh-huh. You know, like, um, but um, my favorite is is the meme, um, because not only is it, like, just such a fucking, like, fuck yes movie moment, but also a moment that shows Thor's growth when uh, Hela's like, you can't defeat me. And Thor goes, I know, but he can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then unleashes <laughs> the, the fire monster guy. Surter, yeah. I keep forgetting the name. Yeah, no, um, It's just such a cool moment where, first of all, it works so fucking well as a climax of a movie that just makes you, like, Macaulay Culkin, like, fist pump type of, you know, like, yes! Yeah. Um, well, it's like, because mm-hmm. it's such a swerve, too. Of, like, yeah. we think that we're supposed to be saving Asgard, but we're not. Like, ultimately, mm-hmm. it's like, nah, you're it has to be this or else she can't be defeated yeah Yeah. well and then thor shows his growth in that line Mm -hmm. of like he's such a like little fuck boy that thinks he can do anything Mm -hmm. and he's constantly confronted with like hey you're the god of asgard but honestly like the universe is a big place like you you can't just do anything there's Mm -hmm. people stronger than you one of them's your older sister you've never heard about Um, you know like and Thor has a lot of trouble accepting that that he can't just kick anyone's ass anytime because that's the way it's always worked for him his whole life um, and then he accepts it and they're like oh yeah totally I get it I can't defeat you but I did think out of the, outside the box and you will be defeated you know like it's just <laughs> such a cool moment man of him of like this like literal god accepting his limitations I, I love it man I love it it shows just like a knowing who you are type of type of arc you know it's it's really cool accepting your place in the universe and accepting that you can't literally just do anything especially if your molnir gets destroyed well it's like like in in the beginning there's like literally a quote where surter's like you've made a grave mistake and thor's like yeah no i make grave mistakes all the time and it all seems to work out like that's that's one of the lines (laughs) in the very beginning so it it truly does show his growth in that that's so good i really like this movie Bada boom. Greg, what's your critic or score? Bada bing. Um, you know, I praise a lot of it. I think it's top tier MCU shit, but you know, I can't really rate it too high because I I have to watch a whole bunch of other shitty, boring movies to really like fill in the gaps and appreciate it. And I'm not about to I do that. that so. do, brother. I think this one stands alone. Oh, it's like fully understand the entire story. They, there's a lot of exposition in this movie. We didn't even touch on it, but the first act is all exposition and retconning, mm-hmm. and it's fun, so we don't care. Right? <laughs> but like, that's literally all they're doing for like the first 40 minutes of the movie. Very true. 30 out of 40. That's not bad. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I actually bumped this one up. I had it at a 40. Um, and I bumped it up to a 43, which on a, uh, upon a rewatch, mm. um, I have Avengers Infinity War at a 42. So I had to bump it up. 
Uh, my official top three MCU films are Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, and then Infinity War. So stick that in your podcast that never covers the MCU and rate it. <laughs> they're they're going to do that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Vanessa? I'd probably give it like a forty-four or forty-five. That's out of fair. 50. That's, That's pretty is fair. What I would say pretty yeah. fair ratings. It's it's it, at this point where superhero is not just a genre in and of itself, but one of the only genres left. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok is one of the best superhero movies ever made. Ever. Ever. Okay. Like mm-hmm. of all time. Agreed. Um, you're only gonna top it with shit like The Dark Knight. Yeah. You know, that just like truly transcends what a superhero movie is. One hundred percent. Um, Thor Ragnarok rules, man. Um, all right, gang. What is our best movie for when you want to? What do we, what do we name this episode? Do we have a name, Greg? When the sequel is better than the movie original. Movie for when the sequel is better than the original. Is it Rescuers Down Under, Dream Warriors, or Thor Ragnarok? I kind of want to say Ragnarok just because the sheer like distance it clears the other two movies it fucking in the, laps in them, the exact door it laps them yeah twice like, twice each. over is what i was yeah, like gonna four say four times like, laps yeah the, the he's prequels. walking backwards and still lapping them yeah um yeah so, i mean yeah but not in a circle it's kind of like a weird circle yeah. you know yeah <laughs> so we all agree ragnarok i, I yeah, yeah i'd say so ragnarok. so would you say the three of us are one with the people we are one with the people today on this episode. We are. Yeah. I was rooting for Secret sure of the Ooze, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, and... Now we'll never know. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it one day. Um, but I can't argue that, like, of sequels that are better than the originals. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, The Dark Knight, it's like, dude, Batman Begins was pretty fucking good. And I think we'd be talking about it a lot more if The Dark Knight weren't just so much better. Yeah. Thor 1 and 2 fucking blow. And so does Avengers 1. <laughs> and that's our relationship with Thor so far. Mm-hmm. Ragnarok just, like, makes me suddenly so care about these characters more than any of the other characters mm-hmm. in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's so goddamn good. It's a great fucking flick. Yeah. Then we are unanimous. We are it. one with the people. Um, Greg, next week you're gone. Yeah. What are we doing next week? Next week. week. That's that's up to you. Oh, I know what we're doing next week. Oh, yeah? I'll even invite you to join News to Vanessa. me. Next week, our sister podcast will be joining us. Yeah. Ah, oh, damn, I'm missing Abby it. Howe and Alexia Samaris Shit. from the We're Watching podcast will be joining us. Um, we have been chopping up the themes for next week. Um, I, I've been in preliminary discussions with them. I ultimately want them to pick, you know? Um, if, I, if I'm going to fly solo... I, I kind of want them to drive it like they stole it, you know. So I'm just like, I have some ideas. They I have want a, you guys to really ultimately make the final call. So they have a good track history of for making decisions yeah. for us. I so. think I think the big question is, are we going to do a horror podcast because their podcast is a horror podcast, or are we going to give them the platform to cover shit they wouldn't normally cover on their own podcast because our podcast allows that? So or a blend. I'll leave it up to you because I'm not. Involved. I'll leave it up to them because it's fun mm-hmm. and they're good at, at picking things. So yeah, we'll we'll have an update, but we know that next week is uh, Denny, probably Vanessa, and 
the We're Watching podcast, uh, hosting movies for when. Greg, why aren't you going to be here next week or the week after? And by the way, I've got something else teed up for the week after. It's going to be really great. Oh, you know, nothing too much, nothing too crazy, not that busy. I just got to go get married and go on honeymoon real quick, if that's cool with everybody. I, mean, I guess, yeah. If, if you want. Yeah. If you want. Um, I, was, I was thinking about getting around to it. Yeah. Why not? Why not Congratulations. Now? Yeah. We celebrate the donkey shit out of this, man. This is awesome. We, we truly, love you and Leah. We truly, truly do. We are so happy that y'all are getting married. Yeah. And we are so sorry that Prisoners of the Ghostland is the movie we chose for you to propose at. That's... <laughs> We're in your debt for that, brother. Hey, no one else can ever say that. That is 100% accurate. You may be the only person ever who proposed after seeing Prisoners of the Ghostland. Yep. I hope it stays that way for the sake of other relationships. (laughs) Yeah, you and Leah were strong enough to sustain it, but I don't know about the, you know, just the normal-ass relationships out there. I don't know if they got the moxie for it. Um cool hey, right, will, you, will you teach um, me how to do the the legwork for next week because i i literally don't know what to do <laughs> you gotta you gotta let me yeah, know in sure. advance before you before you get married and go on your honeymoon yeah am for i sure. supposed to be somewhere this weekend for your wedding uh this weekend okay, no next weekend yeah exactly okay, cool. I was like, let me know because i'm busy this weekend and I, I told some friends i'd hang out with them next weekend so just let me know which day i'm not hanging out with them Yes. All right. Speaking of legwork, um, this is just the first, but I guarantee you there will be a sequel to this catchphrase, Denny. Hit me. For Greg work, the legwork Johnson and Vanessa can't move past the continuity between Pluto and Goofy, despite the fact that they're from different universes that were combined into the Fab Five. Taylor. I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, and this has been Movies for When. We already told you when. Dream Warriors. Oh, we didn't even we talk about the rock song no at the end of the credits. We're the Dream Warriors. <laughs> Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight we'll be gone!